You're listening to episode 131 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Flush down the jam. Flush down the jam. Hey, what's up, guys? It's my podcast within a podcast. Flush down the jam. This is my hit hop, hit hopping new podcast within a podcast where I go in to public bathrooms and review them. Yeah, all right. So I went and saw Avengers Endgame this weekend, and I went to the Belleville Plaza and uh, in the Kinopolis uh, movie theater. And all right, standard bathroom setup, right? So you've got, you go in, you've got your row of urinals, and I use number six, number six, I gotta say, not bad. The urinal itself was in like this plastic casing. And it had this weird light. The advert, the advert, they were they were advertising like a cell phone company that had like a spring motif. It was really nice, really lovely. Oh, sure. Here's the thing I want to talk about though. Hit us in in like the the sink room. I don't in in Europe. I've been in a lot of weird bathrooms in Europe. Um, so this could really be a podcast by itself, but some other time. Holy shit! So they have this separate washroom where you you know wash your hands and uh first of all didn't have regular paper towels they had that recycling uh towel thing you know Uh not a fan okay not a fan but here's the thing so oh here's the thing no no here's the thing (laughs) what's the thing so they had they had these uh pieces of glass that looked that looked like mirrors right Uh you look in it you see a sink yeah you assume the sink is behind you Okay. You're wrong. Oh. The sink is the sink to the women's restroom. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, So what? there, So, uh-huh. Yeah, you see where I'm going? There, there were people of the opposite gender through... It was so weird. It was a two-way glass. And you can look into the women's restroom from the men's restroom? Yep. Europe yep. is weird. <laughs> This is, this is by far the worst opening bit we have ever had. And I now regret that we have an opening bit. I never want to do this again. This is the end game (laughs) of opening bits. It's over. This is the end game. (laughs) I thought for sure with all the news, we're going to get so many hits about all the bathroom bullshit around this movie. Nobody likes toilet humor in 2019. And I wish that I had a quantum realm so that I could go back in time and stop you from ever doing that shit on this show. That's not how it works. They explained it in the movie. I have, I have never once shit on this show. How you just you? did. Wait, Kale, that's your cue to hit that toilet flush. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta reevaluate some things around here. Flush down the jam. <laughs> Flush down the jam. Mm. Thanks for listening, guys. Hit oh subscribe and like. God, I'm <laughs> so upset. Personally, I think that was the best thing we've ever done on this show. I'm oh embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to no-sell that all the way uh, now. And welcome, you guys. If you were a bathroom attendant, Kale, I'd give you a dollar. <laughs> I'm, I hope that was worth the interruption. Uh, anyway, I want to welcome you guys to episode 131 of the show. Post Endgame, 
We're going to be talking a lot about Avengers Endgame here. Uh, if you need an Avengers uh, Endgame support group, we can be that as well. I know a lot of people are really struggling right now in these uh, in these dark times. These trying times. These Yeah, these very, very trying times. Um, we're not going to do much of any news this week. We're really going to talk about Endgame all the way. Because it's it's what's happening. Uh, so here's my question for you, Sean. Yeah. Since it's a three hour movie, is this going to be a six hour podcast? I sincerely hope not, and it depends on okay. depends on uh, how long we can keep Kale from doing another insane bit like that. Um, well, let me say this right now: is that uh, for the listeners at home, there is not a good opportunity to use the restroom, so you're just got to listen to all six hours straight. Well, and listen, <laughs> I I spent most of my time in that movie doing my intrepid bathroom reporting. So you're a damn like, good reporter. I don't even I don't even know what I'm going to talk about here. I I could believe that you sat in that theater for three hours thinking primarily about that bit that you just did. I believe it. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready for Kel to be like nothing made sense? Like they didn't explain any of this, and it's just because he was straight up not paying attention. Oh, He's like, oh, oh. oh, I'm gonna kill the guys with this bit. Kale's, on Kale's, Kale's opinions that are bad are done on this show because if he says anything dumb about this movie, all I'm gonna say is, well, if you thought more about the movie instead of that stupid <laughs> bit, you would have got what I'm- we got. Frankly, I'm more confused about his bathroom situation than I am about the movie. So, uh, well, and yeah. Give me a give me a little credit for the theme song. Like, come on. No. <laughs> How did I do that? <laughs> came up with that. Came up with that all by myself. It's a two way plumbing joke. Come on. And listen, listen, listen. Uh, un- unrelated to this bathroom thing, if any one of you listeners tell anyone listening about the spoilers of our podcast will beat you up just like apparently some people have actually beaten up other people for spoiling Avengers oh, Endgame. Yeah. Yo, real talk, if you're somebody who goes out of your way to spoil shit for people, you should get beat up. If it's no, an no, accident, dude, that's fine. But the, if you're intentionally spoiling things for people, whatever. Get the fuck out of here, nerd. This dude, you this get dude out of here. <laughs> this dude came out of the theater and shouted the end of Avengers Endgame and somebody put him in the hospital. Good. Good. It's a good. Fuck, it's a fucking movie. Nah. People yeah, need to chill. No, sorry, dude. You're a fuckboy if you do that shit. Like, if you're intentionally ruining things for people, you're an asshole. Like, I do want to. I do want to talk about what Phil just said, which is it's just a movie. People need to chill. There's this. There's this movement developing on on the internet of anti spoiler haters. Uh, basically, people who are mad that people hate spoilers. And there are articles being written about it. There's all these people that are angry that other people hate things being spoiled. And that's stupid because why should I be cool with my experience of something being ruined? Everyone says, oh, well, if a movie, if, if something can be spoiled for you and it, and it affects your viewing experience, then the movie is bad. How does that make any sense? If I tell you that... At the end of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker and his crew win the day. That's not a spoiler, right? Like, we can all go to the movie theaters and assume that's what's going to happen. But if I tell you, mind you, it has to be like in the 80s. If I tell you that at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, it's going to be revealed that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, you might punch me in the face. You you might. 
I came out of that theater, and I'm not joking. I literally said, I can't believe Thanos was Iron Man's dad. <laughs> That's fine. If that were true, and someone spoiled it for you, I mean, you wouldn't because you're soft. But if that were true, and someone <laughs> did it to me, I'd punch him in the face. I'd absolutely <laughs> punch him in the face. I I can't believe the Thanos snap was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> And frankly, that could be a spoiler, actually. <laughs> this this week, actually, before I go into what I'm about to go into, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the place. If you need support, if you need someone to talk to, a shoulder to cry on, the Comics Pals are here for you, except for Kale, um, because he's number five. We are on <laughs> Spotify, we're on... Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, all that good stuff at The Comics Pals. We're on social media at The Comics Pals. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. All of those things help us out a ton. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate any conversation or any likes or retweets or any ways that you guys support us or reach out to us. All very much appreciated. We have the Infinity Book Club out now. That you guys can go check out. We've got Captain Marvel. We've got Shazam. We've got Hellboy. I believe that's everything we've done so far in the year. Um, so lots of lots of book club content to listen to if you guys are into that. And of Dark course, Dark Phoenix coming next. Dark Phoenix coming up really soon. Thank you, Marco, for bringing that up. In the same week that we got Avengers Endgame, which is the culmination of eleven years of storytelling. We also got confirmation about another series that is ending with its next movie. Because Dark Phoenix is the culmination of also, what, uh, 19 years of storytelling over at uh, Fox for the X-Men? And we learned that the director, Simon Kinberg, used the time that they had for reshoots to change the location at which the end of the movie takes place from space to a train. Huh? Marco's reaction and Pete's reaction are both completely appropriate. Could it, could, could it, could, now, let me, let me go outside the box here. Could this just be a giant crossover with Transformers? Because... There is a transformer named Astro Train who transforms into a spaceship and a train. So could it be both? That's a pretty cool fact. <laughs> that's that's as rad as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? But in all, in all seriousness, when I heard that bit of news, it completely deflated me um, from wanting to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> they're really testing me. I. I am excited for us to do the review. I'm not going to go see this movie, but I'm excited <laughs> to do the review solely so I can make fun of Sean for having gone to see if it. If you don't see the movie, you cannot be on the review. Oh, I own one twentieth uh, of this business. I'm I'm going to see this. <laughs> you're you're going to see the movie. No, the review. Oh what no, you're fifth? seeing the movie. Cool. Well, no, if no, no, you're I'm seeing the review. if you're on the review episode. I won't be if you didn't see the movie. I'm just putting that out there right now. That's a stone cold fact. Uh, Listen, that's on you. Cool. I don't need to talk about the movie. So my my question unrelated to all this is, does that make me the ass of the podcast? 
You were always the ass of this podcast, Phil. <laughs> I Don't put the ass. It. I put the ass in podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some pals pulls. Uh, from Marco, we've got Bone Parish Volume One. Finally done with those shenanigans. Agreed. Uh, so Bone Parish <laughs> um, is a so it's a book by Cullen Bunn, as you guys know, longtime listeners will um, definitely will know. I'm a big fan of Cullen Bunn, so. Anytime he does something in his horror stuff, that's my shit. It's a story about a drug made from necromanced uh, ashes that are distributed throughout the streets of New Orleans. And then that's what this book is about, like the drug trade between these mystical uh, ashes that essentially get you high and let you experience elements of that person's life, of whoever you got that high from. What? Um, Yeah. It's, That's it's a really a, it's a, weird but cool premise. It's it's interesting. I, I'd recommend it. Cullen Bunn, when, when he writes his horror stuff, that's where he shines. So definitely a book I'd recommend for you guys. Sounds incredible. Uh, from Kale, we've got Quantum Age from the World of Black Hammer, Volume 1. So this is a, another Black Hammer spinoff. This time it's, it's taking on uh, the future. And it's, uh, I guess it's his, his copy of uh, uh, The Legion of Superheroes, uh, which I've always been a fan of. Uh, big fan of Black Hammer. Um, every single one of these uh, spinoffs that I've read has had some interesting twist that uh, I didn't expect. And it makes it so much better. Uh, so I'm very excited to, uh, to see where this one goes. Awesome. And then you also chose House of Muck, Volume 1. So this is Sabella's horror title with uh, uh, Black Crown. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, the early reviews were were very very uh, uh, high. People really liked it, so I'm really really excited to see what kind of uh, horror chops Sabella's got. He's been on a hot streak, man. Yeah, he. Uh... He loves horror. That, he was on our show yeah. talking about how much he loved horror. Mm-hmm. Right. Has he done one yet? No, right? It's like a, a horror story? I don't I don't think he's done a, a straight horror story. Yeah, there's been like horror elements in things he's done before, but I don't I don't think he's ever done anything like straight horror genre. There's a there's one uh that's come out recently. Sean, you might have to help me with this. Is his sci? It was more of a sci-fi title. Sci-fi wise, the only thing oh. that jumps out at me is Cold War. But um, is that? Yeah. I feel like that's got some horror elements. I could be, I could be off of that. Shanghai Red had some horror elements. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so from Phil, we've got Green Lantern number seven. Yeah, fuck it, this. This is. Clearly the best Green Lantern there has been in a decade. Uh, number six with Adam Strange was rad as hell. Uh, this book, I think it's only 12 issues, so it's already almost wrapping up, which is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, because I want more. <laughs> I wish that Grant would stay. Uh, he's yeah. done a tremendous job. And I so want... A full, I mean, you know, 12 issues is, is a good amount, but I want like a full length run from him on something in superheroes. And Green Lantern yeah. would be a perfect fit. And, and 
Yeah, and I mean, his Action Comics run was 18, which left me wanting more. I'd love to have at least 18 here, and it's not just him, because Liam Sharp's art is as good as anything that's out right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. This this is going to probably be one of the best books of 2019 when all is said and done. Definitely one to look out for on those best of the year lists. So for me, I've got uh, DC Year of the Villain number zero. Now, free, free comic book day is actually next Saturday, which is really cool. Oh, shit. That snuck up on me. Yeah. And uh, this is DC's offering for free comic book day. It's going to delve into a couple few things that are going to be really important going forward in DC, such as Leviathan, uh, which is hap- that, that storyline is unfolding over in Bendis' Superman run. I'm really excited to see what more seeds are planted with that. Um, we're also getting more with the Batman Who Laughs, which if you're not tired of that character yet, um, we're going to learn more about him and his plans. Those of you... Has he ahead. been like kicking around in the background this whole time? Oh, there's... Well, like since... He has a title. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. It's good. It's good. I just... the The character's l- like... The life of the character and, and my interest in him is waning. Yep. Because yeah. So you feel like they kind of need to like wrap it up? Yeah. I think, I think the fucking gimmick's over. Or, or maybe there should never have been a series. Yeah. If they were going to use him again, like put him on ice for a little while. Sure. Because it's just one of those things, diminishing returns. Yeah, like it's just still fucking going from like however long ago and it's like... Just kind of ready to move on. Yeah, that's unfortunate. This uh, this uh, zero issue is that their twenty five cent issue? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty confident that's the case. If- what the fuck? That's not free. That's that's what's going to be my <laughs> next question. They're making you pay twenty five cents for a free book on Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> I yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you got a quarter. <laughs> Nothing's free, Cal. You're telling me. Can't get it. Comics on free comic book day should probably be free. I though. think I think that if you get it on free comic book day, it is free because it, it actually okay. comes out on Wednesday. So I think if you get it on free comic book day, it's free. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Image did that with Invincible at one point. I remember there was like a issue of Invincible that that was. A free comic book day slash like twenty five cent thing to be like, hey, like we're starting a new arc, jump on now. Yeah, yeah. Marvel was releasing old uh, uh, X Men titles, I think, in from from like the nineties for a dollar at one point. Yeah, they they still do. Uh, True Believers. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Image has the uh, Image Firsts. I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. similar kind of thing. So. Those of you who pay a lot more attention than everybody else on this podcast will recall us talking about Year of the Villain, uh, and I'm going to bury myself here, and a lot of the reason why we talked about it so much is because this is actually the series, or issue rather, where that infamous Cheetah cover comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, I gotta say, I respect you bringing it up. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? What? Famous cheetah cover. What are you talking about, my good friend? Confirmed, Phil. Phil confirmed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that mm-hmm. cover. 
I uh, mm. I'm absolutely still going to get that cover. I don't care. <laughs> I Sean, s- what do you like about that cover? I don't I don't understand. Cheeto. Sean, I'm confused Con- by by your turn by your your phrasing. You, you say it as if we expected you weren't gonna <laughs> get that cover. I'm... <laughs> oh. <laughs> low, low key, I think it would be really funny if we we get like the you know how like they always release. Or often, I guess. Anyway, we'll release like a cover art, like the piece of art without all of the like that's, text that's on it. That's what it is. Sh- oh, that's the actual cover. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot DC's doing that now. That's dope. So we should get that and blow it up and like get it like a nice like printed like framed version for Sean. Yeah, I, I think the hard part about that is he's already done it. Oh, okay, <laughs> now, yeah. now, what do you what do you what do you get the man who has everything? <laughs> you guys, well, that that's funny. The problem is that if I had done that, I wouldn't have a girlfriend. Uh, so I haven't done that. <laughs> you, you would have a different girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> if Cheetah were real, you might be right. Now, guys, I don't know anything about comic books. Is now Cheetah is a woman, a human woman that wears a like cheetah costume right mm-hmm yep. oh, okay i'm i'm so i'm the resident expert on both wonder <laughs> woman and cheetah and actually you know it, it there was this whole arc in the like early 2000s where she became the actual costume and so it was like sort of like attached to her actual skin and oh. became sort of the animal yeah 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 oh okay trying to get into that <laughs> uh no but what i have heard of is that <laughs> It's a it's a a human woman who uh, actually does become a literal cheetah. Oh, yif. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Sean. That that earlier part was just like a setup for this. I'm sorry. Very good. Very good. Oh my god. Yif so, roll call. <laughs> So the other book that I chose was Savage Avengers number one. This, if you guys will recall, is the book that uh, will star Conan the Barbarian as a member of the Avengers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's uh, so whack. I've been reading Avengers No Road Home, which is the book that he debuts in. Like his, That's where he first joins the Marvel Universe. And it's good. And he's fine in it I don't, I don't know if this is gonna be good necessarily but it looks like it's gonna be fire cool is, is this uh jason aaron uh this is mike deodato on art with jerry duggan writing oh okay and this is deodato's swan song for marvel yeah yeah and then he's doing the conan the barbarian spinoff or whatever with jeff lemire well, the the one that is essentially a Conan the Barbarian story, yeah, not but actually a spin-off. doesn't have man, the name. Yeah, my man just wants to do stories about you know barbarians. Yes, I think yeah, exactly. He likes he likes a man with a battle axe and a loincloth, you know, almost as much. Sean likes a furry woman. Yif, yif. All right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really want to do an actual news segment. Um, but I did want to afford Marco an opportunity to talk about the Swamp Thing trailer, if you want to. <gasps> it, was yeah, it was good. exciting. It was good. Uh, 
it was it was good. I I showed it to to uh, my coworker. He said it looked a bit like campy, but I I don't think I. <laughs> but I don't think I. But I don't think I'm friends with that guy anymore. As much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I killed him, Your Honor. <laughs> um, but I think it I think it it keeps sort of the the essence of just like that the the trailer just brought that horror vibe right like it was very much in that vein, um, and so I'm just excited to see how much they lean into it and and how much they are able to like what they're able to, to take out of it. So track record's pretty good so far. So yeah, yeah, I thought it looked really crazy, and it looked like something that it looked like something that could have been on television in the 90s and that's exactly what i want the show to be i want it to be like low to the ground creepy um yeah you know have that yeah so mm-hmm. definitely yeah, exactly check all the boxes for me as far as the trailer goes has that kind of like um not like in in terms of necessarily like production value, but like in like terms of like tone and aesthetic, like almost like a B movie, like Buffy, like yes. kind of like you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Comes on at ten o'clock on the WB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Something that could have been on the WB. Um. All right. So with that. Let's let's jump into this. Let's let's jump into the meat. All right, here we fucking go. We're we're gonna we're gonna do our review. We're gonna start spoiler free, so that you guys who want to hear our take but haven't seen the movie yet somehow can hear what we have to say. Go check out the movie and then come back and join us for the full spoiler review. And then after that, we'll do the spoiler review where we'll get into all the stuff. Um, and there is a lot to talk about, so brace yourselves. But before we actually start the review, we have to do this. We have to do what we always do with these, uh, which is we're going to guess the score for the movie on Rotten Tomatoes. So we're going to guess. I'm coming for you, Marco. <laughs> Mar- Says go, baby. Yeah, Marco won last time, right? I think you won the last two times. Yeah. I think like the last two or three. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on a streak. Someone accused you of cheating. That... I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I would. <laughs> I am above reproach, sir. How dare you? Our, our, our listeners know you're a little stinker. Don't worry. <laughs> Turd monster. A swamp thing. Fair. So... All right, we're going to guess the tomato meter, and we're going to guess the audience score. There are 372 reviews wow. from critics so far. Here comes five more. 11,000 <laughs> <I laughs> 11, 11, plus uh, user ratings. So let's get on with it. Who wants to go first? All right. I got you. All right. All right. I got you. Go 96 critic and then 98 audience. Okay. Right, I'm I'm going 97 critic. You come. Um, <laughs> eat a dick, Marco. <laughs> uh, yeah, 97 for critics and audience score. I'm really trying. I'm hedging my bets here because I don't know if it's going to be higher because audience score is often higher, or if it's going to be lower because of a certain scene that happened that we'll discuss later that I think might make make some douchebag fanboys angry. <sighs> I'm going to say 92 audience score. Really? All right. 
Oh, Sean shook his head. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to get a read off me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 95 audience and 97. No, sorry. 95 critics, 97 audience. Okay. Uh, 69 and 69. Nice. <laughs> okay. Nice. Taking it. Alright. No, give your real score. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um Critics ninety-six. Almost nice. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, critic audience ninety-six. <laughs> ninety-six ninety-six. <laughs> That's funny. You've they got literally the, right idea. Mean the same thing. I've never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh so the critic score is a 96. <laughs> Damn it! Son of and a bitch! <laughs> the audience score 96. is a 93. Oh, P. Hell wait, yeah. Pete, wait, you, what'd you do? I said 92. No. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. And what was your first one? The critic? 97. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I think Pete so, right? Yeah, I think so. Because Marco said 98 for audience, right? Oh, so I do win. Boom! Champion is back on top! Did I say 96 for a critic? You did. No, no, yeah. Mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I win. Can can you be back on top if you were never there? I, I used to win this very often, and then Marco took over. <laughs> this is this is nothing to be proud of, folks. Well... The other, the other thing before we jump into the review is just that this movie is is looking like it's gonna do a million, a, a, rather a million, uh, several millions. In fact, <laughs> we, we ran a a billion millions. Well, would that be? That's a lot. That would That's, be a trillion. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> we, we we ran. A it's a mil- It's a, a million millions. Oh yeah. We, uh, yeah. we ran a story at my job about how it broke the record for uh, pre-sales on uh, Fandango. So. Yeah, yeah. It broke Fandango, I, I, the website. Yeah. yeah, and there was that story where like it had outsold the pre-sales of like the last five superhero movies combined or something like that. Like it's wild. Yeah, it it it, it broke the pre-sale of even Gone with the Wind on Fandango dot com. It it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a delayed one, but it caught me. It took you a minute. Yeah. <laughs> It did. It did 156 million on Friday in North America. Ooh, wow! It came Fuck. out on Wednesday internationally, um, and uh, it did 487 million over there. Oh my god! So, so literally in three days, it did half a billion. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! That's a good return. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that's a, for, pretty decent. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> All right. What? I, I just saw I just saw a story on Twitter that said that Captain Marvel was still number one domestically, though. Well, it's been out longer. That can't be right. No, yeah, it can't have made more than four hundred and eighty-seven no, million no, dollars. No, that's, that's bullshit. That's, that's wrong. I, frankly, I just want to finger snap that shit into my bank account. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. I'll take half. If you break that out per hour. They're they're making six million. They're making seven million dollars per hour. <laughs> you guys, we got to make a, a a movie franchise that lasts uh, twelve years. Let's make five hundred million dollars. Let's go. No problem. 
I see. It was uh, the Thursday box office. So, that oh, okay. It still made uh, $1.3 million on Thursday. So, let's jump into the review. Spoiler free. As I said, try really hard not to say anything that would, you know, hurt someone's feelings if they were spoiler sensitive, which I am not making fun of. Uh, who wants to start us off? I'll go. Um, <clears throat> oh, no. Go ahead, Phil. Go ahead. Wow me. Sure. (laughs) So I was really impressed with this movie from the special effects to all the characters, uh, the antagonists. I don't think I've ever seen a villain more compelling than Steppenwolf. There it is. Um, (laughs) I was wondering when it was going to (laughs) come. The best part of that is that that joke was not funny. Kale's reaction to that joke is what got me. Listen, the only thing that came was me during the climax of that movie. <laughs> Disgusting. So that stupid ass laugh at Marco did. <laughs> <laughs> On to your real thoughts, Phil. Uh, nah, he doesn't get him. Right. He wasted his time. He yields his Go time. Go ahead, Marco. He liked it. He said he came his pants. He liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with Phil. Didn't jizz my pants, but I did enjoy it very much. I, I agree. I think the characters were all just. It, it also made it made me mostly realize like why people enjoy comics the way that they do in these longer formats. Wow. Uh, like just just because like it's about the characters and the situations that they're in, which. Uh, gets showcased, I think, here to just like the next level because you have been familiar with these characters across these past you know ten to twelve years, and it's just you are able to see that progression and that growth. And if you followed it this entire time, you're you're able to see that and appreciate that, which informs everything up until this movie. And I think that impacts uh, my overall opinion of the film as well. Was not just the the story, but the the depth to which the characters interact in this story. Um, and yeah, I mean, these are great actors. The acting's amazing. Uh, the action is also spectacular. CGI, the direction, you know, everything about it. It was just, it was a great film. One that wraps up everything that's happened and. I don't know, just kind of leaves you, it just, it ties everything up and it's, it's a nice, it's a nice feeling and, and it leaves you, it leaves you on a great emotional beat. And, and I think that's, uh, the perfect way to send off this franchise. Cool. Yeah. I would definitely echo all of the, the sentiments that Marco threw out there. I think for me, um, this movie is, it's obviously the culmination of a lot. And I think that that, can just as easily be a hindrance to a franchise or a series as much as it can be uh, a payoff, you know? Um, And I could sit here and list things, but that wouldn't be super helpful, right? We all know how this movie could have not been satisfying. And I think the fact that it came out, it is the 21st or 22nd some odd movie in this franchise, and that it wrapped up so many threads that had been established in ways that were emotionally satisfying and, you know, full of fan service in a way that it was not, at least I didn't think was over the top or gratuitous. It felt 
earned because this is the 22nd movie in this franchise. Um, it fires on all cylinders. And I think I am impressed by how good it is because I didn't think it would ever not be good. The Roosters are really, really competent filmmakers. And they've proven that to us multiple times at this point. They know how to juggle a lot of characters. They know how to juggle weighty emotional depth. But to be able to capitalize on all this stuff, all the threads that have been laid over the course of, of all these years is an achievement. And the fact that they did it as well as they did and that the movie stands on its own as well as it does um, is a testament to the fact that the those sons of, a, sons of bitches just know story structure. They're good at taking this toy box that has been built by so many creatives and like Marco said, by these really talented actors portraying some, you know, now truly, truly iconic characters and they stuck the landing and like that, that's, that's the best we could have asked for. And I don't, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that similar to, um, my criticisms of Infinity War, I think it, it, it does have some pacing issues, but how could it not? It's a three-hour movie that needed to follow up on 20 other movies and give, like, fucking 30 or 40 named characters a moment. That's not easy to do. And that it also needed to give us time with the characters that we, you know, without spoiling anything, that we, you know, will probably never see again or might never see again. Um, and I think it, it budgeted its time wisely. So even though I think that there are some portions of the film, which we'll get into, that I feel like move at paces that work against it in terms of like having it, having it give or make every moment as satisfying as it could be, it makes those sacrifices so that the moments that should be the weight of the film are the weight of the film. And I think that like, if that's the worst thing I can say about it, that, again, is an achievement. You know, that's a testament to the the smart decision-making that needed to be made so it wasn't a four-hour movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I'm excited to see it again, and I'm really excited to get into the spoiler section. Phil? Oh, I have to get my real Phil opinion. What? Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> So Phil goes, gets to go twice before Kale even goes once. <laughs> Kale, yes. do you want to go before me? All right. No, that's all right, buddy. <laughs> um, I liked it. Uh, I, I think the middle of the film, it, it's an interesting movie. Um, because I think it's really creative. Uh. And I didn't know where it was going. The beginning of the movie, I had no idea where it was going to take me. Uh, and where it did take me, I was very amused by. It was very comic booky, and I found that very endearing. Um, as for the climax, it is a very satisfying way to cap off these 22 movies. Um, I don't know how it ranks with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's good. It's definitely better than the first two Avengers. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Infinity War, but Infinity War, I think, is a very special film. Uh, with it's in that upper echelon, though. With regard to whether or not you should see it, uh, I don't know why you're listening to a comic book podcast and ha having an uh, issue trying to decide whether or not you want to see it, but... Uh, you should go see it. It's very good. And really, I think at the end of the day, to me, 
it feels like a celebration of just superhero books and that's what i'm here for all right kale yeah i i liked it um a lot of my more uh nuanced opinions i think will will uh contradict that but overall i i did like it and i think um in our in our last episode i i i said one of the one of the big things i'm looking for is uh with this movie is to feel something and uh yeah yeah i mean they did it um and that's that's not me being shitty or cynical like they 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 did like i i genuinely like you know this uh this felt like landing the plane it felt like coming home um um it it was satisfying it was very uh um uh that's probably the best thing i could say about it it was satisfying yeah so i all right big dog what do you got for me i i gotta be honest big dog (laughs) oh god (laughs) this this movie wrecked me this movie <laughs> Damn, all right. absolutely slayed me. I have been having a hard time even processing how I feel about it just because there's emotion to it and then there's like the, the nuts and bolts of is it a good movie. So there's all these different parts and I'm lost somewhere in there just because so much happened it is the culmination of 22 movies and it is in large parts the closing of a chapter in my life you know we've all invested a lot into these characters and uh it's it's just crazy to see that this is kind of where this portion of the story comes to an end and i think that they did a tremendous job overall this is a cinematic achievement, I think, in a lot of ways. There are things they did in this movie that I I hoped I would see, but never was sure that I would see. Uh, they they went out of their way to appease the audience, and I think that's a good thing when you're paying off something of this magnitude. I really think that the 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 writers and the directors and and everybody behind the scenes did such an incredible job i mean the russos uh, uh christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely who wrote the the story just a, just a tremendous job the acting is all top notch the what it takes to do this to make this kind of movie ain't easy and we've seen other people try and fail hard, right? You look at what's going on with DC. It really is a testament to the strength of everybody who's working on these movies that they can do these things. And I think that even if Endgame isn't the best movie out of all of these, it definitely is the movie that shows that these people care and love not only what they have built, but what was there before they built this, the, the comics. And that is so, so, so important. And I'm so glad that this movie is what it is. And I believe that it's exactly what it needed to be. So that's that's those are my thoughts. Wait, you guys saw Endgame? I saw Hellboy. 
Boom. I like that one. Uh, I thought we were talking about how much we loved that movie and it made us feel emotions. Whatever. Let's <laughs> let's give it the old rating before we get into spoilers. Anybody confident 69. to throw one out? 69. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so what I, he means is 96? <laughs> I, I'd confidently give it probably an 8. I feel good about that. I'd give it a um, nine point six. Okay. <laughs> Consistent. Uh, I'll give it an eight point eight. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling like uh, not like nine point four. All right. Uh, nine. Seven. Damn. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So again, if you have not seen the movie, you're going to want to press pause and come back after you've seen it three hours from now and hear the rest of our thoughts. Um, otherwise, three we hours are... from now, if you're parking outside the movie theater right now, about to go sit and watch well, the movie. Of course, that's what you would do, right? You would be. But don't use to the bathroom. <laughs> no, especially if you're in Europe. Uh, so we're we're jumping into to full spoilers now, and wow! <laughs> uh, Can you guys believe that part where? Never mind. I was gonna I was gonna try and do a Phil joke, and I don't want to do that to you guys because I respect you. Let's talk about the movie. I'll do it. Don't worry. The 20 minute scene where Bucky and Cat made out that was fucking crazy. <laughs> It felt earned after all this time. <laughs> so now, where do we where do we even start, Sean? Well, like where we start we start at the beginning, and 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 quite frankly, oh Iron Man, that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Back in two thousand eight, <laughs> that was a great joke. Damn, <laughs> the beginning oh. of the movie is one of my favorite parts of the movie actually that's wild that's wild first of all why they you saw it in the trailer they it's in the trailer that that whole sequence was 10 minutes are you fucking kidding me all right Carol. Yeah, it, maybe if you weren't so focused on coming is. up with a dumbass bit based on what you <laughs> saw in the bathroom you would have gotten what they were laying down. I did. So maybe you can shut up now and I can talk. Thank you. So at the beginning of the movie, we get what is essentially a prologue where uh, Captain Marvel rescues Iron Man, which was really cool uh, getting to see Captain Marvel jump into this whole thing and, you know, obviously bringing Tony back. He's in a very interesting emotional place uh, when he does come back. And also what I loved was Nebula. Uh, we're going to talk about specific characters later on, but seeing how she cared, she was like a caretaker for Tony was pretty cool. Um, Dude, them them doing that, uh, the, the football thing, I thought that was cute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> table football. Yeah, that was really funny. Um. And, and and then they you know they have this big plan they come up with a strategy they're gonna go get Thanos seeing uh, 
the some of the core Avengers worked together again for the first time, right? Cap and Thor. When was the last time that they um, really were on the same team? Yeah, they worked together in Infinity War, but like prior to that, prior to things getting really, really bad. Um, I don't even like they don't even talk in Infinity War though, do they? they yeah, they have a brief like banter on the battlefield. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, but it's like one moment. Yeah, like yeah. It's been some time. It, yeah, it absolutely has been. And I felt the weight of that. And I love that they they come in and they immediately beat Thanos. And you think it's like the game is won. And it's not. Right? Wait, real quick. I have to say, Sean, you called that shit a fucking mile away. Like, I, I remember walking out and the first thing I said, I was like, my, I, I saw it with my uh, my friends Mike and Sam and my friend Mike goes, I was like, as soon as they killed Thanos, I was like, what the hell are they going to do for the next two and a half hours? And I was like, dude, Sean called that shit. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird theory. Like, I'm into it, though. Like, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. And then it happened. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. on the nose. <laughs> Thank you for giving me my props. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I really like the way the movie started. When I say I, this is one of my favorite parts, I'm also including the fact that there's the five-year-later gap. So you mean the whole before the five-year-later thing? Like, no, I, I'm including the opening of the five-year-later where we see Captain America as this grief counselor okay. and seeing... Okay, so one of the things that I came into this movie needing was... The characters having to deal and the world having to deal with the fact that everybody died. And I said before that I thought there was going to be a time jump, a significant one. And there was. And I'm glad that we got to see these characters dealing with their losses in real ways. We see that the world hasn't really been able to move on. And yeah, there's still restaurants and stuff. We got that conversation between Cap and actually one of the Russos played that character that he was speaking to. The one who Jim Starlin was in that. Yeah, too. yeah. Did you see that in the credits? Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't notice that. I f- I I was already highly emotional throughout that scene and seeing uh, Ant Man come mm-hmm. back. Like all that was crazy to me. But yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Ant Man's bit of that was the like I liked how they handled it like with with Cap and Black Widow, but I thought Ant-Man was where it really, like, grounded it for me. Like, that moment where he's just walking through the neighborhood and he's, he's like, kid, kid, like, what happened? And the kid just looks at him like, like, what do you mean what right. happened? You know? Yeah. And it was, it, th- that, like, moment really worked well for me. And then him, like, coming to the memorial and just being like, please, please, like, you that you could feel it, you know? And it was shot in a way where it felt very, like, intimate. They were right up on Scott and, like, you know... I, Paul Rudd's a good actor, you know, and like he he sold the emotional beats of that so well. And then the payoff when he like meets his daughter and it's this moment of like it's sad because he lost all this time, but he's just so thankful that and she's so thankful that he's home. It's like it it it, it hurts, but it's like whatever. Like I'm here, you know, like it, it you're alive. I'm alive. That's enough. Yeah, Kale, you you say that. I'm crazy for enjoying this sequence so much. What is it about it that you didn't like? So the part that you were just talking about was good. The the post-five-year gap. You were talking more about the stuff on the ship with no the, Tony and Nebula? 
yeah, their back and forth was cute, whatever. But the way they use Captain Marvel overall in this film as just the Deus Ex Machina Here we go. was just yeah. We might as well get into it because uh, that was like something. Are you are you kidding me? Like, what do you mean? Here we go. That's all she did. No, Here no, no. We go. Like, it's 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 true. Um, so Captain Marvel's in this movie for fifteen minutes. Uh, I looked it up, and. She's in it for that long, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good I thought it was. I thought it was less than that. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Um, I don't understand why Captain Marvel came out when it did because she didn't really matter in this movie. Um, she's. I I said it to a friend in the first, before the time jump. She feels like a player character in a video game where it's like. The NPCs turn to the character you're playing as like, oh, we need you to do this kind of thing. Um, and then you do it because you're the protagonist of the video game. Um, that whole scene is really uh, jarring because it's the pacing is really quick. And I don't think it's bad because I, I, in the, when I was watching it, I didn't like it. But in the context of the film, I think it was necessary and fine. Um, and then she just shows up at the end and blows up a ship. And that's really the extent of what she does. And the way that I mean, she gets a cool haircut in between but. sure uh the way captain marvel the film props her up is that they make her seem like she's going to be the x factor here and she doesn't really get a, she, she doesn't really feel like anybody she just she's really strong but like whatever it doesn't really matter it feels like they misdirected the hype a little bit. Like they sort of made it feel like she was going to be something bigger and then it that didn't pay off in the movie. So there's a little bit of confusion. Um, but I agree that her character wasn't necessarily one that was like super important to the overall story because like everything sort of happens without her, right? I have no um, issue. But, yeah, sorry. No, but but like, but I think to, to your point, like, the the beginning was paced and uh, was was paced a little uh, off and and kind of just like there to to level set which I appreciated uh, it was kind of just like a hey this is where we're at this is where we want to start the movie and yeah. so that that way that it, but they did the it table. in a way that yeah and and they were able to do it in a way that at least you felt the emotion sort of pull in afterwards to the five years so that that weight was still there and as you saw it sort of go through with it. Like Sean mentioned, everybody sort of has trouble moving on, and you, you feel that because you just saw what happened. Uh, like to us, it happened a scene ago. To them, it happened five years, but to them, it could have been the same the same moment. To them, it, it still felt like it happened a scene ago. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah, and I agree with that, Marco. But I think just on the note of Captain Marvel, I think the problem with it is like it. it I feel like they just didn't know what to do with her yeah. in this movie because, like, I feel like they. I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel as a film and I think that it did a, a fairly good job of setting up Carol and like how powerful she is and I think you're right that it did seem to make it seem like she was going to be like a really big linchpin player in this movie like you had to see Captain Marvel to see this movie right and I don't think that was the case ultimately I think that was a good decision because I don't think it would have been right to focus too much time and e energy on a new character in the grand scheme of things versus these characters who we have way more history with and who we wouldn't see again. So I, I don't dislike that choice, but I agree that it feels weird because she's really only present in the beginning and the end of the movie. And like, she, again, she, she really does just kind of show up to just like achieve a thing and then 
like that's it, you know. And in the context of what happens with Thanos, um, you know, she like she's like, I'm gonna kill Thanos, and then Thor kills Thanos, and then she shows up at the end and blows up the ship, which is fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong. Um, but then aside from that, she gets a hit on Thanos like everybody else does, and then gets sidelined. You know, for Tony. It, um, it's weird that Ant-Man and the Wasp had more bearing on this movie than Captain Marvel did. <laughs> Why is that weird? It's just because Captain Marvel came out a month before Endgame. It really felt like going into both movies that that was going to be a major leading end factor. I think especially because the post credit scene of Infinity War was teasing Captain Marvel. Like yeah. It felt like we were building to something with her. And I just feel like it never quite got there if, and maybe that's us projecting on if it, if so. you if you honestly went into endgame thinking that captain marvel was going to be a focal point you played yourself think about it they couldn't allow a character who just came out to impact the movie more or even on the same level as the characters who have been in it forever they needed to focus on who they needed to focus on. Even Spider-Man, right? Like, I bet a lot of people who want to see this movie feel like he's the best character, their favorite, whatever, didn't get all that much to do. But he got more than her because he's been in it more. Her, she is the bridge between this portion of the Marvel movies and the next one. They've, That's why it's... That's why it's odd that it came out before this movie. I think that Captain Marvel should have like either come out way sooner or after. But they I it, it makes sense that they wanted to try to establish the character who's going to essentially be the lead of the MCU in this movie so that you have some familiarity with her when she eventually does have that takeover. Yeah. So uh, this is the yeah. thing. This I is... think I think one of the other things that was a problem though was just that like all the characters that she knows and has a relationship with are put on ice in this movie too. Like she didn't even have like Nick Fury as a character that they could like give her scenes with. Right. So like time spent on her would have been time taken away from other characters that n- needed payoff for stories that have already been established. Absolutely. So... There there was there was no way to to use her and have so... give her meaningful scenes with people because she don't know them that's that's but i think the problem with that is that like if we want to set her up for the future to be a, a major linchpin player this would have been a good time to start laying some of those threads watch captain so marvel the movie so that's fine but and what you're describing sean is the movie should have to should have focused more on the characters from the last 11 years than the character that did last month which is true, and that is what they did. But why it felt weird going in is that they did make it seem like she was going to be a focal point in the last movie when she basically soloed the entire Kree military. That lead-in made it seem like, oh shit, she's definitely going to be a focal point. It's a good thing they didn't do that, but in terms of release schedule and the way they promoted it, it's just kind of uh, odd. Um, Also, on that note... Having that movie be the lead into this, you're talking about how she's the bridge. This movie didn't make her feel like she was going to be a major player going forward. She felt like a, you know, kind of like, you know, in wrestling terms, like a Braun Strowman. She's strong, but 
she's a jobber to the big guys kind of thing. Um, not that she jobbed, but she, 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 not that she jobbed, but she was clearly second tier here or even third tier. So watching this, I didn't get the impression like, oh, she's going to be the face of the next era of Marvel movies. Um, whereas if you watch Captain Marvel, you would think that, um, Either way, it, it it was weird. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. It, it doesn't bother me that much just because it's whatever. I don't think the movie should have focused on Captain Marvel. It's just odd with the way things were promoted over the last few months. So on the subject of Captain Marvel, I do have to say, um, and this is a conversation that I, I had with some people, the people I went with and I've seen online. I don't know that I'm a fan of her character in general, so far in the MCU. Uh, she... She comes across as an ass. Especially yeah. in, in Endgame. Like, she really just... Yeah. She comes across she, as an she ass. She's kind, of, kind of a dick. Yeah, and it's not... Like, she's very cut and dry. Like, it's just like, hey, this is what I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But it's weird, because, like, I don't feel like... It, I, I guess I just don't have a good read of her yet is the thing is like I feel like she does seem like kind of a dick but then there are moments where like she's funny and like or like has like a little bit of like you know like snark or like smarm you know and it's like yeah like she has a personality it's not like she's like flat and just rude but like there are times where it feels like she's overly blunt. When she could just be like, hey, maybe if you just, like, explained what you meant, like, everybody would be like, oh, okay. Well, she did destroy... Yeah, like, why are you being, like, needlessly combative? She did destroy a jukebox in her movie at a bar <laughs> just because, which was pretty dickish. Yeah. The, the, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like she's just, like, kind of a jerk. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was, like, a quick uh, blink-and-you-miss-it moment where she... When they're all on the screens talking to Black Widow, giving their reports, and she looks over at War Machine and she says "Good uh-huh. luck" before she dips, yeah. and that's oh yeah 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 the comics their relationship. So, you know, planting seeds for the future, and I'm sure that with Captain Marvel two and beyond, uh, you know, this was her very first opportunity, uh, Brie Larson, to portray Captain Marvel in this movie, not in her own movie, and so there was a lot learned, I think going into her solo movie and you can see the, how the characters different between the movies and obviously how they gave her a lot more to do in her own movie. So I think we'll get more with Captain Marvel too, and maybe people's opinions of her will change, but um, I, I do want to move on. So we, we get past the, 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 the pre preamble stuff into the five year later stuff. And all these characters are, are, in these these sort of you know weird places for themselves where they're trying to move on but they really can't um did this portion of the movie work for you before before ant-man comes to them with their with his solution and and they all sort of decide okay this is what we're gonna do like this was definitely a slower part of the movie were you guys bored were you into it no i I loved it I'm yeah, I'm always the one to defend that sort of thing. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like I uh I, I like I am a fan of the Walking Dead, right? So it's like I I don't mind slow, I don't mind quiet moments if they are building to something meaningful. And like those moments are like 
slow because nobody's punching anybody, but, like, you're seeing where the characters are at emotionally. And, like, specifically, the groundwork they do there for Black Widow gets a big payoff later. And I feel like that's super... It's it's time well spent, I think. I agree. Because uh, I had the same reaction for, with both Black Widow. Like, like, her at the beginning, you can see it's taken its toll on her emotionally and she's supposed to be somebody who's always in control of that stuff and for it to have impacted her in that way you it's definitely like you you see it and feel it uh i like where cap ended up you know he's still given his his heroic pre pre battle speeches because that's what this this is now he still has to treat he, he doesn't know what to do next and so he has to treat this the way he would any other thing which is like the next battle and and i right and and you can kind of feel that where like this is his mission is to help these people, right? Um, I love where Iron Man's at, Tony and his family. Like everything here feels well. It feels earned and well. Does like it, it just feels earned. It's yeah, really good. I, I think uh, building off that, like the the this portion of the movie, I think works really well too because Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson have chemistry. You know, like the relationship between. Um, Cap and Black Widow has been built up specifically in the Russo movies. Um, you know, over their their kind of trilogy of of you know Avengers films, effectively. Um, but you know, like when they needed somebody to be, uh, you know, a character for Cap to bounce off of in in um, uh, Winter Soldier, they chose Black Widow, and like they've built on that relationship over time to a point where like. I believe that Cap would just show up to go have a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich with her and see how she's doing, you know? Um, and that works because these characters have history together. And, like, that is what so many of these emotional beats, like, work for. Like, seeing Tony finally, like, settle down and, like, take the suit off, right? And, like, you know, um, I thought that the, the, the lunch thing, like when they show up to ask him for help for the first time, that moment is so well done. Like where like there is all this baggage, like Tony and Cap have still never really buried the hatchet and like all these, all their friends are dead and they haven't talked about it in like five years. They've all gone their separate ways. There's so much here under the surface and the actors play it that way and it works. And like even Tony being like, hey, look. I'm genuinely happy to see you. If we can't talk about this, like, please stay and have lunch with me and, like, with my with me and my family, you know? Like, that, those moments work so well because there's been time put into them. And the fact that they capitalize off of those is just, it's good writing, you know? And, like, the fact that these actors already, you know, you believe it. And I think that's why this section works so well. And, like, yeah, it's quiet, it's slower, it's not the big moments that you're going to remember from this movie, but that's why so many of the big moments fucking land. Um, it's interesting because I think they do an effective job of showing where people are five years from now. Uh, like hipster Hulk, for instance. <laughs> so good. Uh, that was Sean. You called that too, that there would be, that that we would see Banner in control. Oh of the yeah, Hulk. yeah, yeah, yeah. You called that like fucking forever ago. You're like, I guarantee we're gonna see Smart Hulk in this movie. Um, and I think giving Tony Stark a family was a smart narrative choice because it gave him a reason to not want to change things. Uh, he was the one that was the most assimilated with how things are now. 
not that he didn't have his own grief to carry as evidenced by the Peter Parker aspect, but he had moved on as much as anyone could. And he was happy. Yeah. yeah relatively. Um, as, as much as he can be, cause he's an inherently uh, dissatisfied person, uh, which is his character. Uh, he's always tinkering and trying to shake things up because he's always restless. Um, the star of the movie was Paul Rudd, as mentioned, and when he comes back, which is kind of the inciting incident for the first half of the movie, uh, he's just awesome throughout the entire movie. He uh, he's he's a, he's a mo- he keeps it moving, uh, and he's funny. Like when he wants to take selfies with the kids who want to take selfies with the Hulk, and they don't know who he is. <laughs> it was great. Um. And I really liked where we find the where we find Thor, which I who I I think he's had the most the most satisfying character arc of any of these characters for the last twelve years or whatever because he starts out as this stoic you know Greek like hero like Hercules and you know he's got his hero's journey and stuff. But that's not who he is, really. He loses his brother. He loses his father. He loses his mother. He loses half of his people. And we get a payoff because in Infinity War, he has a conversation with Rocket where Rocket asks him if he's okay. And he says, yeah, nothing like vengeance to clear a, you know, clear the conscious, clear your mind. And when he exacts his vengeance on Thanos in a very dissatisfying way at the beginning of the movie because even though they killed Thanos, it's the classic revenge trope of you exacted your revenge, but no one's back. You couldn't bring back the people you lost. And it broke him down. This is a man who's living is in, in his own filth trying to just run away from everything. And it's great. He's so good in this movie. Chris Hemsworth, as such as that, Chris Hemsworth has really found his footing as an actor. Because going into this, there was a trailer for Men in Black, and he's great in that trailer. He's just, like, really developed as an actor. And he's another... Which is saying something, because he was kind of the weak link originally. And yeah. He's grown a lot. He's terrific in this movie. So, I, 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 yeah, like, the way... the Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It, it's just, this is really... The actor is part of the movie, I think, and I think this is where they really shine. I um I I gotta say I wasn't in love with Fat Thor and uh, uh, Hipster Hulk, um and and you know they they had funny moments and and obviously my theater was going crazy for those characters, but I I don't know the the smart Hulk thing they they explained it away real fast and you know all right i guess um it felt like a strange place for him to have ended up in the at like based on where they were at in infinity war it felt like a lot of things happened off screen to get them to that place and i would have liked to have seen or known a bit more about how this development came about um and then fat thor was like Okay, I guess, but he stayed that way for way too long, in my in my opinion. Like, it was it was definitely funny when it first came, um, when it when they first went to New Asgard and they met him and he's like this weirdo. But 
by the time they were on the mission going into the past to fix this problem, he should have snapped too. And it was weird to me that he didn't. So I I agree with you that like I felt that way when it was happening, but I ended up changing my mind because I liked the payoff of it. Like I in the the past um where like he really like has that final breakdown and he addresses everything and he like gets to like talk to his mom and get some closure. I thought that that was really it was worth it, you know? Um so I I like I remember going into it, I was like, is this just what he's going to be like the whole movie? Like, when's he going to get it together, you know? Um, But I felt like seeing him really just finally, like, own it, you know? And, like, cry, really, and just be like, I'm, like, I feel like I'm a fucking failure, and I've let everyone down, and I let you down, and, you know, like, it's a man who's got nothing left to lose, and he finally realizes that, like, he has that strength within him to start again, you know? And, like, it feels like he's really, like, rebirthed there. Yeah, you know? he, he gets it together halfway through the movie. He's still fat, but that's just how, like, weight works. You can't just, like... <laughs> believe me, most people would want to get rid of it right away. I, I think I and, know that, Phil. <laughs> believe me, let me explain how obesity works. Um, uh, and I really like where the resolution is with the character. I don't, obviously don't want to jump to the end, but I like that basically what he's going to do is hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that is fucking rad. And I'm ready. Yeah, that's exciting as fuck. Ready for Guardians of the Galaxy. It is. It is. But the the problem for me is like, okay, we dealt with Fat Thor for half the movie. He does have this big moment with his mom, which I really did love. Uh, That was one of the highlights of the movie. He gets into the final fight, and then he's kind of just a punching bag. Like... In Infinity War, we see that this new weapon he has is the only thing that's actually able to really mess Thanos up. And in this movie, he can't even put a dent in Thanos with that weapon and his original hammer. That was really weird. And I felt like Thor became like limp in the final fight. He didn't have a big moment. He was just kind of getting beat on. I I felt like it it was that to me anyway I wasn't bothered by that because it felt representative of the fact that like he's out of practice right. you know yeah but the, but the, he he has missed the but step. the weapon still does what it does that's true but he's but, but he's the person behind the weapon like right. if he can't if he can't execute yeah. with the weapon it doesn't matter I don't, that's how agree. I felt about it Captain America has never used Mjolnir before and he was yeah, able yeah. to bust ass because and, it's the man behind Mjolnir. Not Mjolnir. Thor was worthy. Thor was still worthy. He was still worthy, but that's the thing. I think he was still worthy, but he was weakened. I think you're right that, like, he was kind of limp. I think it was representative of the fact that, like, Thor's... Like, when we see Thor in Infinity War, that's, like, him at, like, the height of his fucking power. And I feel like now, like, he is kind of, like... He's got knocked down a peg. That weapon revived him in Infinity War, man. Like... Yeah, that that there's no there is no rationalization. That weapon, that weapon gave him life, and he threw it at Thanos and put it through his whole chest. There was no there was no way Thanos could have. You couldn't come convince me that Thanos could have beaten Thor in that movie without the gauntlet. He doesn't have the gauntlet here. He beats Thor easily, and I just didn't like that. I didn't I didn't buy that. I think it's more emblematic of like just the character. I don't I think I think in the last movie he's on a quest to defeat Thanos. Like 
he's 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 a major he's a major cog in and moving the story along to find a weapon to beat thanos right he's got to get revenge for the death of his brother and half the uh, half the people of his of his world um so it's that's more emblematic of where thor is in infinity war he he's the ultimate badass in that movie i think in this movie it's i think what pete's saying at, at, at the heart of it is true even though this weapon is really powerful the man behind it isn't the same man and he might have find, found resolution but i don't think the power scaling aspect matters that much it's, it's the point was made i don't guy. agree with it end of story that's fine let's move on yeah 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 um um but wait real quick before we get off that subject because you did like kind of briefly bring it up and i know we'll probably get to it in the main conversation but like Yo, it was fucking really cool to see Captain America pick up Yolier. That was pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wanna, I wanna talk about that more, like in a real way later. It was, yeah, for cool. sure. But yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then they they embark on this journey to go into the past, which we talked about on the show. Um, to go into the past and to get the get the stones, and <laughs> it was pretty cool in a lot of ways i think this was maybe where i like this was where i was like ah man i don't know like i knew this was what it was going to be and none of this is surprising on any level what's gonna happen that's gonna be a thing that i'm surprised by because i feel like and this is not their fault necessarily but i feel like i knew the movie beats already coming in see that's interesting because i i disagree how can you um, disagree with how I, with what i think i knew no, <laughs> no no not that i just mean I, I i mean like i i i'm sorry what i mean to say is like i i feel the opposite way of that because i was i was surprised by the way in which the time travel stuff unfolded like the whole time heist of it all i thought it was very much going to be like yeah we're going to go back in time and get the infinity stones and do this but i didn't expect it to be the time heist where they were gonna break it up and go into different periods of the mcu's history to get the stones i figured it would be like we're gonna go back and fight thanos again but it'll be different this time somehow well we we Um, talked about that exact theory on the show yeah right and you called it for sure um but I, i was surprised that they like broke the characters up in the way that they did and had them go the places they went so that that was i thought like the probably the best and cleanest way that they could have handled something as messy as time travel and like, I like reality the way, bending. I, I like the way that they did it because I was definitely the person who came in who was like, all right, what are they gonna do? <laughs> like and, and they yeah. very much addressed the the audience of me's, which would have been, all right, what the fuck are they gonna do? And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Fine. I'll give it to you. Let's see where this movie goes. And and that's where like for me, I should have like latched on to like, all right, the whatever they're saying sort of makes sense they're 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 taking like a different spin because i would have thought going back in the past and and trying to defeat thanos would have been stupid um but i like the way that like the approach that they did and the whole poking fun at at the at like the science community stuff that was fun so uh that got thumbs up for me for the the nerd shit but I, i did also just like the way that it it actually gave the like the heist gave the the stuff uh, i guess those moments a bit more tension just because it, it 
and it made it a little more fun, right? It was uh, for me. I enjoyed it because it made those moments fun, gave them a little bit more gravity because it's like, oh, okay, well, right, because of the clock, and then at the same time, you know, you screwing up also destroys this other universe that you, that you just or this other, this other timeline that you just finished creating because you guys are trying to fuck with timeline with time, so it just added more gravity to the situation as well because if you mess up on your planet you're you're not changing anything but you're destroying three other would-be universes yeah um i thought that the rules that they established made it a lot of fun and it added stakes where maybe there wouldn't have been otherwise making it so that they had a finite amount of pin particles to get small was really smart i really really liked that part um, because that meant that there couldn't be any do-overs. They threw that out, essentially, when Cap and Iron Man went to the 70s to grab more pin Particles and the Tesseract. Um, that part, I love that scene. Getting to see uh, Tony with his dad was an incredible moment and one of the highlights, I think, of the movie. But again, it it took away from the if we fail, it's a wrap part of it. And then even in the 70s, when like they start to figure out, oh, something's happening here, like the, the, the military base people, Cap and Tony just slip out and it's no big deal. It felt it felt very much like, well, we said that if something went wrong, it'd be, it'd be over. But here's this other way that's actually a lot easier. And I can't believe that we didn't think of this sooner. Yeah, but I, I feel like that to me kind of also it reminded me of um the way that like Tony handled them coming to him with the problem in the beginning of the movie. You know, like it was less that it didn't make sense and more just like it's one of those very like Star Trek moments of like, we're in this impossible situation, what do we do? I know, we'll use our brains. Like it it, it did feel a little bit kind of like, why didn't they think of this before? But like they I guess it was very much like well, we have enough to do this once. Now we fucked up. When else could we go where the Tesseract and the Pym Particles are in the same place? And Tony happens to think of it. Just like he happened to be like, oh, fuck, never mind. Time travel is possible. I I guess. Um, yeah, like it, 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 it's messy. Kale, it, is, the... it is very kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Kale, you're Kale, muted you're if you're trying to jump in. Fuck me! I have been trying to talk for a fucking. <laughs> I was wondering why you got, why you were. I'm gonna throw my goddamn microphone. Oh man! <laughs> a fucking hour. Wow, that sucks. Oh my god! You really thought we were just no selling you the whole time? I I straight up yeah. Damn! All of us do so, dude. Kale, you're so red. Were you mad? Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Because I've I've, legi- I've legitimately tried to bring it up points at several different oh, times no. that I think would have directed the conversation. I'm 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 now I'm not even mad at you guys. I'm embarrassed and I'm mad at myself. <laughs> I'm going well, red for a different Since you reason. since you missed out, why don't you uh, tell us some of the things that you were trying to say? <laughs> Sucked so much. Fuck me. Oh man. So what do you got to say? So, okay, so uh, oh, I guess I'll fucking work backwards. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> the movie did it. So, well, so in, <laughs> let's go back in time to when Kale's <laughs> mic wasn't muted. In in reference to the the thing about Tony, I think I think what would have what would have made that play a little bit better um, is if 
like Tony saw himself there as like a kid. Yeah. And I, I know that wouldn't have worked with the the paradox bullshit, but at the same time, it's like movies break that rule all the time anyway. And well, they no broke one... the rule too, didn't they? With Nebula? No, there there is no paradox bullshit. They explained this. Yeah. Well, then, like, I don't see why that wouldn't have worked. Well, I, I agree with Kale in the sense that, like, couldn't they have made it to where he could have just been there? Like, he was already born? Because why did he remember yeah, yeah. that so well? Like, he he, yeah. he was like, I know where we can go, and I, and I know exactly why I remember. And if he had and, been and, there, that makes more sense. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe it was just like, you know, a gamble, you know, a Tony Stark gamble. I don't know. It was the 70s. It was probably there. But that's kind of how he made it sound like he was like, there's a there's a window that I'm I'm pretty sure they're both there. But yeah, I feel I feel like that to what Sean's saying, I feel like that would have been a little more concrete had we seen baby Tony Stark or toddler Mm -hmm. Tony Stark. Even a picture of him or something, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, Cap was the one also thinking that it would be there. I think the idea of that scene was that, okay, we know Hank Pym worked at this base. Tony, we know your dad worked there. There's a good chance that everything we need is right here in this window. Because that's probably where they kept their confidential shit. Here's Phil to explain the absolutely concretely obvious again. Uh, Kale, why don't you continue? Uh, let me think. Jesus. Um, uh, I like Smart, Smart Hulk as a concept. Oh my god, I wow. Love- this is I, dog, back. I've been I'm, I've been trying to talk for a half hour. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, so Smart Hulk. I like Smart Hulk as a concept. I did not like uh, the CGI. I didn't like how he yeah, looked. Yeah, I at agree. All. It I looks thought, kind of weird and like framey. It was weird. Yeah, uh, and it sounded weird. Like because uh, it was like the pitch mod. May, maybe. I I didn't hear I I don't recall anything weird about Mark Ruffalo's voice and I think I would have liked to. They deepened his voice. Did they? They should have yeah, done it more. A little bit. They yeah, it, was, done it wasn't a lot, but it was a little bit. Uh um, because it just yeah, that made it feel weird to me. It's funny cuz I'm 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 glad in a weird way this was actually super helpful that you were muted cuz we brought up Smart Hulk and then didn't talk about him cuz we talked about Fat Thor. Yeah. Um and I've got to, I've got to paint that too, don't let me forget. All right, that's cool. We'll loop back. But for me with Smart Hulk, it, it was it was weird because I definitely agree with the thing that Sean said about the gap made it strange cuz I think the fact that it's been 5 years explains a lot about why it's different and why he feels different because he's a different person. It's five years later. Okay. He's moved on in a way that some of the others haven't been able to. Um, But it just didn't feel very much like the banner that we know. Like he was very like cocky and like jokey and confident and like cool. I think that makes sense narratively in terms of, well, he's conquered the Hulk. So that was his big insecurity. Now he can just be in the best version of himself because he's united these two halves of himself. Okay, fine. But that did feel unearned because we didn't see any part of that journey. Right? The last time we saw him, he's terrified of Thanos and it was like, oh, I can't wait to see the Hulk come back and like beat his fucking ass and like whatever. And then we don't 
ever get that. He's just a different guy now, kind of. And also, but we don't get that with uh, Tony Stark and his family. We just we just know he has a kid. Well, because well, having kids he... is like a natural thing that happens, right? Um, we don't we don't just <laughs> but, assimilate the Hulk with our real personalities, you know? Yeah, but then that's the same thing, though, right? Yeah, like, like, you don't, you totally. Don't... No, well, no, but, but I, I mean, I just think... like just like, like 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 it's just you know you don't see that you don't see the same thing. So why? You can't relate to one, but you can't to the other. But that doesn't excuse because one they're, over di- the other. they're. I think they are different, though, and it, I think it does excuse one over the other because I think, um, with in Tony's case, yeah, he's grown emotionally in these five years, but like it's way easier to understand his emotional growth because it's literally like there's a physical manifestation of it in the fact that he has a child and a family and a new life. And like, yeah, Banner has a new life and a new personality, but I don't understand why he's that way other than the fact that he got over his bullshit. How did he get over his bullshit? You understand with Tony through the conversation he has with his father that he very much got over himself and his like incessant need to like keep fucking up his own life because he became a father and he had something that was more important to him than himself or his legacy you know because even as much as he loves pepper like that was never even really the case with her right it was well now i have a kid and you know the superheroing days are over so like he grew up but you can understand why he grew up you don't we don't get that for Bruce. And I think the other thing about Bruce too is that while he is more confident and, you know, the Hulk and, and the scientist have meshed and that's made uh, a new, more confident man, we don't really see that work. Right. Like he basically, he basically just takes what the Pims have made and like he, it seems like he understands it, but like it doesn't totally work and i and i feel like that would have been a quicker way for us to go oh shit yeah okay i get it i will say despite agreeing with everything that you just said one of my favorite parts of the movie i have a lot of favorite parts is where he talks to the ancient one and yeah yeah they have this that, go ahead i was just going to say that that was uh the part of the movie where I was like, fuck, like, like this concept, like smart Hulk being shot out of his own body. And like, like that was a fucking comic book moment. Like that was cool as hell. And then even just like the way that she explains how the universe is splinter. I'm like, man, this is like, this is real comic shit. You know, Tilda Swinton was great. in Dr. Strange too. She was the best part of that movie. She sure was really great in that movie, and she did a great job here with what she was given. I love the fact that what convinced her to give him the stone was that Doctor Strange did it. Because she understood, okay, well, if he did that, it ain't because he sucks. It's because he's so good that he was willing to risk it all because he knew it wasn't a risk at all. I I love that she literally just goes... Why? Like, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she acted that moment really well. That moment of like seeing the gears click of like, fuck. I guess I got to give it to him. Yep. Mm. You know. <laughs> um, back to Tony and Pepper real quick. I I I liked Tony. Um, I liked Family Man Tony. I would have liked to have seen Stark family a bit more than just. 
Tony and his daughter and then Tony and Pepper. I would have liked yeah. I would have liked yeah. their stuff to have been a little bit more connected. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see that. There wasn't much space for it, unfortunately. I, I mean, I think you could have shaped all that, like reshaped all that and made that work a little bit better to make that work. Um, and then uh, Fat Thor. It, it, t- I wasn't crazy about that. It felt there was a weird element of physical comedy that I can't put my finger on that felt kind of weird and potentially exploitative. <laughs> I, f- I feel like they kept just making physical comedy out of the fact that he was like so not Thor you know like they kept like like when they were like all walking and they all look all like super heroic and then he comes in and with the sunglasses you know yeah. like I feel like it was like I feel like it was less about the fact that he was fat and more about the fact that like he literally like just like he's walking around in a fucking bathrobe with a beer gut and like sweatpants you know Tony's, Tony's comment his Lebowski comment was hilarious <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, All right, Lebowski. I was like oh shit he does look exactly like Dude, Lebowski I literally said that three seconds before Tony did I was like holy shit <laughs> Tony had a few good uh, zingers in this movie. There was one that that really got myself and uh, my girlfriend where he he tells Rocket, "Look, this whole time I thought you were a builder bear." <laughs> I he's like I literally thought you were a builder bear until right now. <laughs> he, he probably was thought he was hallucinating Rocket. <laughs> I love it too cuz when he says that he literally goes he's like like his eyes wide and he's like, "Oh fuck." Like <laughs> <laughs> Uh Kale, was there anything else you wanted to uh, do a quick hit on before I continue. Uh, no, we talked about Black Widow a little, but I think I'm gonna save. Yeah, we're gonna. That. Yeah, we'll do more. Well, before you okay. move on, Sean, we we didn't really we had to sidestep a little bit because we had to catch we had to catch Kale back up to our time, but we were talking about it in the past, and I, that's, I, I yeah, wanted... that's what. Yeah, I was gonna oh, move okay. forward with that conversation. Gotcha. Okay. We we had uh the, I I thought the cap part of the past was very fantastic. He uh <laughs> oh my god when he gets in that elevator and it's oh. a direct callback to the Winter Soldier and you automatically think all right he's gonna bust their asses once again and he circumvents that by whispering in that dude's ear hail Hydra. I knew I as soon as I popped off, dude. I was like, "Oh shit!" I lost it in that theater. <laughs> but obviously, as a fan of Secret Empire, love the Hill Hydra line. Uh, and then <laughs> him fighting himself was also really cool. Uh, I love I love the part where he goes. He's like, "I could do this all day." He's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it's good because like Chris Evans did such a great job of like like portraying what steve rogers like uh, five years later steve rogers or i guess 10 years later what what the fuck ever is thinking because it's like i know i can't rationalize with myself i am a i am a i am a stubborn motherfucker i will not listen to myself (laughs) so i know i have to fight myself Yep. Also, real quick, while we're on the subject of Cap, did you guys notice how they let him curse in this movie? He curses like two or three times, and every time I was like, "Oh shit!" Because what did he say? He says like he says, "Let's do this shit" in the beginning, or something like that. Or like I was like, "Oh damn!" Like like for whatever reason, when he said that, I was like, "Shit, shit is on." I think he said, "Let's get this son of a bitch." (laughs) 
I think that's what. Oh he yeah, was. that's yeah. what he, I th- he said. He yeah. said that oh, too. I, yeah, yeah. He definitely drops shit at some point. Yeah, he says shit at some point, but he de- yeah, you're right. He's like, let's get this son of a bitch, and I was like, oh my god, Captain America curse. Well, shit is about to pop off. He yep. does say that's America's ass when he walks by himself. That was funny too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, that is America's ass. <laughs> I mean, Paul Rudd had some good one-liners I in this love, too. Yeah, I love Paul Rudd's incessant ass kissing of Captain America in this. So funny! <laughs> yeah. Go get him, Cap. Before <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like Cap- Captain Rogers, America. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, or or before they go back in time, uh, Rocket. You know, he Cap does his preamble speech, and Rocket's like, he's really good at this. And Scott's like, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> he's. There were so many things like that, right? Where it just it played on, it they played the hits, but it felt so right, and that's something that this movie did that I really hope people take away from it. They put so much care and thought. They referenced stuff that happened a really long time ago when the kids Tony- are fucking referenced Thor: The Dark World. You guys, right. when Tony <laughs> goes on his rant and he's like hateful towards Captain America, and he says, "I told you I wanted to put a shield around the world, and you didn't listen, and look at where we are now." That's a reference to Age of Ultron. That was the whole reason they created Ultron, and that went south. But I just love all those different references to where if you're a true fan. If you've really, like, come out and seen all these movies, there was so much here for you. That's so awesome that, that, the kid, that they did this for us. The kid from Iron Man 3 is at the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. yeah, and, and, yeah. And, yeah, I had somebody reach out to me like, who is that kid at Iron Man's funeral? I'm like, yo, it's the kid. It's, it's, his, it's his weird I, young friend. I had to look that up. Like that was my guess, but I had to look it up to me yeah. to be sure. At first, I was I didn't know who it was. I couldn't really like focus on trying to figure it out. But then when I was like, you know, preparing for this and seeing what everybody was saying, I I, I did see that that was uh, that that's who yeah. that was. But I, I placed it right away because I was just like, who the fuck is this other teenager? And then I was like, oh, it's then it's like a few years later, right? Yeah. He's like in his twenties now he's or whatever. A young man, yeah. John, yeah. John Favreau's in this movie. <laughs> With <laughs> bad facial hair. Hey, but yeah, that's happy, that bro. moment <laughs> between him and Tony's daughter was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, that was really heavy. Yeah. Um, but I, I did want to just talk about one more moment in the past, which gives us an opportunity to talk about uh, this particular character. So we get Nebula, right? She breaks off with uh, War Machine. And they have this whole experience, hilarious moment watching Star Lord dance from Guardians, but it's him just like hearing the music in his own headphones and what a cheese ball he is. Um, but it's like, oh, so he's an idiot, right? I'm I'm so glad they paid that off that way because I was like, if I have to watch this again, <laughs> oh. uh, they did a good job of that when they replayed old scenes, like giving you like a, a different, a different yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love, love, love. I think she was my second favorite character in this movie, Nebula. The way they used her, I finally felt like she mattered in a real way. And they were getting to that with Infinity War, and then they really paid it off here. For those of you who have read Infinity Gauntlet, the comic, you know that she's pivotal to that. And even though she doesn't, like, get the gauntlet here or anything like that, they redeem her character. And that was so great. 
so so great um and the way they use her too right the fact that she's this robot she's part robot or whatever um and how that impacts the fact that thanos now knows everything the the version of thanos from 2014 knows everything that happened in the future to him and what he's done and how that creates this whole big problem i i didn't i did not see that coming it's it was just such smart writing yep. because it was very much like oh like you know she has like a some kind of neural network that she logs into and it's like there's two there's two versions of her on here like what the fuck's going on and you're like oh my god yeah like it doesn't feel like a comic booky explanation it's like very much mm-hmm. like yeah like that's how that would work right like it just it feels organic and 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 that i think was the appeal in each of the settings like when uh when hulk gets uh when the reason that they have to go back into the past like hulk breaks through the door and just smacks tony like that th- those are just organic elements that f- help push the story along and it, it was just a really cool twist like overall in, in each one of those there was a really cool twist that just extended into the rest of the story so he's super smart writing yeah yeah so we we do get a lot of i thought really great moments with nebula you get to see how the 2014 nebula is very much burning with desire to please her father and that was so sad uh that was that was really heartbreaking i think it you know these are all gods and robots and monsters and you know, when you can find that core of a character to really make them someone that people in the audience can resonate with, that's when you have something. And they got me with that. Um, and I I really loved getting to see her relationship with Gamora again. Obviously, Gamora died in Infinity War. Getting to see her back and see these sisters, you know, try to work it out. The whole way they handled that, like, that was really upsetting. And I felt like... I, I I was a little upset that I felt like they kind of like joked about it because I'm like this is fucking not like the the whole thing where like um, Quill and her like see each other again and she like kicks him in the balls and I was just like dude that's like kind of fucked up like can you imagine like your you know your lover dies and then you see them again and you're like oh my god and then like they don't know you like I I hope that's something that they explore the emotional depth of that a lot in Guardians which I'm sure yeah, they yeah. will but. That is sad. Like I thought, I I wasn't thinking of the fact that like if we that we could get her back in a way where it wouldn't really be our Gamora. Like she's gone. You know. I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. And I was in that theater feeling just how you feel. Yeah. But then I remembered what Gamora was like in Guardians yep. One. Yep. And exactly. she was very much the person who would have done that. She had grown oh, yeah. so much. It didn't feel wrong. I just feel like it was like, I guess, just upsetting to me that the real emotional weight of that moment is going to be carried in a movie that we don't know what we're going to see. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, because that's like, that's heavy. That's going to be a heavy journey for like Quill and for I mean all the Guardians, but Quill and and. Um, uh, like Nebula specifically, obviously, uh, you know, a big payoff for Nebula in this movie is when she fucking kills herself. Huge, yeah. huge. That was crazy. Also, like that's that's a mind fuck, right? Like, forget having to have a fist fight with yourself. She has to try to reason with herself and then kill her so she when, doesn't kill when, her own sister. Like when she did that, I wasn't sure if she was gonna die there because I was like, they're linked together. Like, what the? I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen here. 
Who knows, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that was a big moment where she kills herself. When you think about everything that her and Gamora went through, and they do such a good job of showing you what their relationship was like. They were they had this antagonistic relationship. Gamora tries to pick up the other Nebula, and she slaps her hand away and all this stuff. I believe that that version of Nebula easily would have killed her sister in order yes. to please Thanos or f- further the goals. And you can yeah. see how much Nebula has grown by the fact that she would kill her own self to save her sister. But it also um, and, reflects, and go against Thanos. It reflects why Gamora betrayed Thanos too, because this is something she's always wanted to do. And the moment yeah. that she finds yeah. out she has a sister, like actually has a sister, that lets her actually mobilize this part of herself that took her yeah, like, years I, <clears throat> to do in the two Guardians movies. And like I love how that was represented through the the mirroring of that hand gesture right where she's like prove it and she puts her hands out and she takes it and she's like all right let's do it mm-hmm. like absolutely my nebula wouldn't do that absolutely <laughs> so i believe you <laughs> but my nebula would <laughs> yeah so very true so then you know uh, the avengers are successful and they get all the the stones and hulk is the one to use the gauntlet which i really really loved uh, you know, not because he has some some big relationship to it or anything, just because if it made sense, if if Thanos could could have done it and it burned his face and everything like that, then I feel like Hulk is the only other like near equivalent. I think I think had they not said, uh, oh, it's all gamma based anyway, I yeah. think I, I would have appreciated it a lot more. The fact that that. He said that made me go, "Oh well, fucking, how about that?" <laughs> it was a little, it, it was cheeky. It was cheeky. I, I also, it took me out of the 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 movie for a second. I was just like, "Oh yeah, of course, cool." Yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah, he's the Hulk. He can probably take it fine. But right. the, yeah, yeah, you the don't need to like he, explain you, why he can. You, you, yeah. they, they explained the midi chlorians. The yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they softened well, the whole universe. Moment. It's. <laughs> the whole universe it's gamma based oh it's just I can do anything I want I'm the Hulk I blew right past that not because it, it not not because you guys are wrong for, for thinking what you're thinking because I think you're yeah. right I just was like so ready to see like oh what's gonna yeah, happen yeah. that I just was like whatever yeah I, I'm with you Sean like I, that as a moment to me I wasn't like oh like what the fuck ever but but like you're so right now that you call it out it's just like why'd you even tell me that like he's the Hulk like I've literally seen him fucking lift like a fucking spaceship and like I don't give a shit he can do anything that's we know this yeah. it is like it's known that the Hulk can survive anything he can achieve anything just do it before before we go into the final battle and everything. I don't want to gloss over what Hawkeye and Black Widow go through on Vormir. Um this is this is probably one of the only moments cuz everything every complaint that I've had really has just been like a minor gripe. This is probably the only thing that happened one of the only things that happened that I really had a problem with. Oh, thank you. And oh. <laughs> Uh, it, God, it's, 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 you. you know, you guys listening, if you've seen it, you all know what I'm talking about. Hawkeye and, and Black Widow go to Vormir. If you, for one second thought about where they were going, you already knew one of them wasn't coming back and they have a fight about it because they both want to kill themselves. And, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> that, that moment took me out. 
I feel it was, you. It was it was almost comical, and it definitely shouldn't have. Been. I f- yeah. I really I got to agree. I yeah. thought okay, Hawkeye is gonna just die right now because they're not gonna that kill dude, Black Widow, right? Like that, that dude. Really? That's like a, I felt oh, the opposite way because he has a family. Sure, sure. And I and 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 let me say like. I believe that Marcus McFeely, the Russos, and everybody else who was involved in creating this went back and forth and had a lot of reasons on both sides of the scoreboard as to why either one should die. And wow, what a waste of a couple days. These are the two most boring characters. Whatever, well, man. We're not here for that. That that also, yes. <laughs> but I like Black Widow. For for it to have been Black Widow. I, I don't know. I just I didn't want to see that. It hurt. I'm disappointed. By but that. it was also it, it hurt in the way it was supposed to. But it also just felt wrong. And also she didn't get any kind of like like Iron Man. You know he got this big like you know you're dead now. And she yeah. got basically nothing. And that yeah. was that was whack. And and Jess pointed this out to me. Uh, and I'm gonna put this on her shoulders because I'm a man. She was like, she was like, yeah. She sat around for five years and did all that work coordinating shit all across the galaxy for Hawkeye to lose his family and just go around and be an asshole and then get the credit and his family back. Hawkeye like, doesn't get the credit. He gets his family back. Like if you think yeah. about the broader aspect of the like, yeah, like but- he gets the like the. The bigger credit, yeah, but, if you will. But, it's not like Widow. Yeah, but but that's the that's that was what Black Widow wanted, right? You know, like she says that the entire time, like when she makes the comment about her family, I took that to mean the Avengers, but also specifically Barton and his family because she's Aunt Nat, and like I, when they meet up again and they have their conversation, I very much took it to mean in a lot of ways that she was doing it in the hopes that she could get them back. You know, because she, they, those are the people she missed the most. You know, um, and I guess Barton by extension, right? Because he's basically a dead man for five years. Um, so like, I, I don't guess I totally agree with that because I don't feel like it's like Hawkeye gets some prize. He loses his best friend and he gets his family back, but that's what she wanted. He was the one who had people to live for. You know. I I totally see where you're coming from, Pete, and I think you're absolutely right. The thing is that I could also see it the exact other way, and that's the thing is I also wish that she hadn't been the one. To right, die. right. <laughs> so. And so so it's hard to judge this moment because of that fact. And I think that they feel the the creators feel they did the best job that they could in terms of giving us something satisfying. He did have a family, whatever. I just didn't want to see that. I don't know. I don't know how to put it in a way that's going to make logical sense. I just know that when I saw that, I felt like that was bad. I don't know. It's funny because I didn't. I didn't think it was bad. I was just like bummed out by it. You know, yeah. like it's not how I wanted it to go. Um, I didn't think there was anything about the execution of it that was like particularly a problem. I guess. The ex- like for me, the execution was very much the problem. I-, I think it would have carried more weight without that cheesy fight. Yeah, of, like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Like, yeah, I think if it had been a deeper conversation and like a actual exchange of like the what made the moment 
uh, in Infinity War so great was because there was an actual dialogue there. There was like, there's there was this remembrance, this, this whole thing about like obviously uh, Thanos was monologuing and stuff, but like he that there was a, a emotion there. Whereas this was put aside, the emotions were put aside to see who was able to jump off a cliff, and I don't think that that resonates. Um, I I kind of I find it funny that you guys didn't expect. Uh, Black Widow to die in in that in that scene and for me I think it was obviously no death in, in is satisfying but this is something that for me gave me the the notion of okay there is finality here and I'm and I'm okay with this and I I think I I, I understand why they chose this character um among the other characters but I it it made sense and it would have been better had they just shot this better and and actually. Put a little more heart into it. It's the kind of thing you said you wanted last week. Yeah, it was. Um. Yeah, I mean this. This scene was fine for me. Uh, I don't care about either of these characters. Uh, and I was like, all right, one of them's dead. Cool. We can move on with the rest of the movie. <laughs> the last thing I'll say is on this subject is that I taking my emotions out of it because I know that they're playing a big role. I think that I I probably agree most with what Marco said. But I will also add on that the one of the things that was so weird at the end was just that they didn't ever like there was they did acknowledge that she died because when Hawkeye came back without Widow, they figured out like what went on and they were bummed out, but that was the extent of it and given what she gave to the world. I mean, her sacrifice was arguably more important than Tony's because anybody could have put on that gauntlet. In that moment, if Black Widow was just like, eh, I'm not about to die right now, and Hawkeye felt the same, they don't come back with a stone. So what she gave, she gave them life. That's huge. Yeah. And I feel like it particularly doesn't make sense because they acknowledge her at the end. Like, they have that moment where Cap and Hulk are like, like, I miss her, and, like, she's gone too. But it's like, they both died in the same conflict, so why isn't it just, like, a funeral for both of them? You know? Right. Like, even if even if they focused it more on Tony, because he's got the kid, and it's at his house, and they pushed his thing out to water, and then they just cut, and it's a picture, it's both of their pictures, and it's like, we're here mourning their loss. That would have been enough, I think. You know, because it just felt weird. It was very much just like, yeah, why aren't we acknowledging this loss as well? All of these people knew her just as well. Right. You know? Right. So then we do we do get into the big battle. Uh, Thanos and his crew come from five years ago to wreck shit. And go ahead. The, cinema, the cinematography in that scene when Captain America is standing alone against them. That was, that was one shot where I went, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and what a fucking moment. A- incredible moment. There were several awesome moments. I loved the moment. The, the, what I, what I read as a callback to the comics where, you know, Avengers mansion basically collapses on the heroes and Hulk is the one that holds it up. Uh, there's a classic yeah. comic book cover of yeah. Yeah. him doing essentially that. I love that moment. I thought that was awesome. I loved. Is that what? Go ahead. I thought that was. Is that not Secret Wars? The first. One? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is Secret Wars. Okay. Um, when that mountain gets dropped on them, yeah. I I loved. I even loved Hawkeye. I know you know not 
you know, you guys aren't big Hawkeye fans. I loved how he was the one who had to carry the gauntlet and, and like, run away from the Outriders. I thought that was cool. I thought that whole sequence, how it kept changing hands to different people so that, like, the fight was going on, but there was a reasonable reason for the camera to keep moving to different spots of it, and it wasn't just, like, a montage. That was really smart, you know? That's a well-executed moment, because it gives a bunch of people highlights, but it also let us see all of the fucking background characters from all these different movies, like, also get little tiny nods, which is really cool, yeah. you know? We didn't need that, but it was it's fan service, but it's good fan service, you know? For a split second, when uh, Thanos comes out and blows up the building... I thought, oh shit, because it was post snap, and so I was like, oh shit, these guys all just fucking died, and now the other, uh, every other Avenger and every other thing is gonna have to come and save them. So I was already under this, the, had the expectation of every, that everybody was just gonna arrive, because I thought that in that moment, all the Avengers in the building died, and we were just gonna that that was how they were gonna kill off all these guys. I was very surprised that to see Paul Rudd after that explosion. <laughs> yeah, those rockets in the face. No, yeah, right? or Tony like, oh, or Hawkeye. Fuck, did they just kill him? Yeah, that's a good thing he went. He small. took them in the face. If if this movie were a comic book, then the the Avengers that were inside the mansion probably would have been off the board for the next two or three issues. I feel like. Um, I love that they weren't just because there was there was stuff for them to do, like getting out, getting the gauntlet out, and all that. What was weird, but not bad, just weird, was that we we knew that they had succeeded. We knew that they had that the snap worked because uh, Hawkeye got a phone call from his wife on the phone, and we knew. All right, cool. They <laughs> and Paul Rudd sees a bunch of birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, look, there's twice as many birds as there were before. Everyone, Paul Rudd rules. God damn, and <laughs> so and classic storytelling, right? They got the they got what they wanted, but it comes with something very bad, right? Monkey's yeah. paw. And then the the monkey paw curls. <laughs> I, I I love how they did that, and 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 then we get this this amazing, incredible moment where Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man square Dude. off with Thanos. And it was like such a callback to that first fight that they have, but now they're all together, and like that was that was awesome. That was such a cool moment. So the scene where Captain America is battered, his shield is fucked, but he just won't stay down is like straight out of Secret Wars, the original book, where he's fighting Doctor Doom, who's basically got the Beyonder's powers, and it's just he won't. He could do this all day, right? Uh, and that moment where it's just everything is bleak. Thanos has just brought in his entire army. Uh, it's it's a great payoff. And that's ignoring yeah, the cool fan mo- service thing that happened before that. And uh, speaking of the the shield being broken, you know that was a direct callback to Avengers. Where Tony sees uh, Age of Ultron, where Tony has a vision of Cap's shield being broken, and it's it's actually broken in the same way that it was um, in that sequence. But but then him, just him, that moment that I know what you're trying to do, Pete. Well, wait, Hold wait, wait, off. Wait. I I want to bring up something real quick before we move forward with that. Is just yeah the, the way Tony brings Steve the shield earlier in the oh. movie that was really satisfying as well. It was a really good olive branch. 
Because yeah. it was a gesture from Howard Stark to Steve, now Tony to Steve. Oh, man. That's a really, yeah. I like how you laid that down. Yeah. I, I think, like, emotionally how, how the actors play it is another, like, they deserve a nod there. Because, like, there's so much in that moment that goes unsaid. But they're very much just, like, look, like, you know, like, it's, it's, there's, it's, we've lost too many people to, like, hold grudges and stuff, you know? It's, like, we need to just, like, be together and, and, like, like, fight the good fight again, you know? All right, Sean, hit us with that fan service moment. No, I, I, I actually don't want to go there quite yet. Uh, (laughs) I was having trouble feeling the stakes of the movie at this point because they had already succeeded at bringing everyone back. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, Thanos is here now, but what? Okay. So he's angry. He wants to kill them for whatever reason. What's going to happen? You know what? Like what's, what are the stakes now? And it isn't until he says, I now understand what I have to do. Uh, creatures are not going to accept this gift that I'm trying to give them by cutting the, the the amount of beings in half. I have to kill everybody and start fresh. Once he said that, then I was like, "All right, now we're now we're here," because now he has a goal that's different from the first movie. They're not just going to let him do what he did the first time. He's obviously not going to you know erase all of life anyways. But I just like that even Thanos had grown. They made him into the villain that we know him to be because now his goal was way less about nobility and way more about, like, I'm just done with all of you. I'm, cu- I'm killing everybody. I'm burning the earth. That was the, moment, burn- that was the moment I rolled my eyes the hardest. What? Because that, that's, that's such a I am the ultimate villain. I need to erase this and start it's, over in my own life. It makes uh, sense, I've though. seen every other. That's not what well, he Yeah, said. it makes sense, but, like, that, that's not that – it. I, I, you see that all the time, like, and, and that that was the hardest thing. Where like the first one was a little more nuanced to what Sean just said, right? It, well, it, yeah, it was, but it was, let it him finish. Let him something finish. else, but it was rooted in something else. But this one just kind of came like, okay, fine. Of course, this is the next step is to remake your own universe. But like, this isn't the nuance of someone who's methodical, and like you just thought this, you just like thought this element through, and just because this portion of something your plan didn't work out, like. It just it just felt like they went straight down the this is what a villain's gonna say. Let me ask you a question. I, I, let, me, I let me ask him a question. What what should have like it, with in reaction? I'm not here to say what they should do. I'm just saying I'm commenting on <laughs> the fact that it didn't it didn't work. Well, that's my that's my point is <laughs> in seeing what the Avengers did because he's seeing now that this plan he had it's it's you know not working so like I, I think this is inherently a logical reaction of his where it's like okay i will just have to make sure they aren't aware of this next time so they, they don't do this again yeah i i think i i don't think that you're i don't think that your assessment is fair though uh marco just because like it isn't it isn't a snap thing. Like he, he learns exactly what happens to the plan that he's in at this point, four years away from completing. And he's been working towards for we, we his don't whole know life. Long. Yeah. His whole life. And he sees, okay, I did it. It worked. 
and here are the consequences of it. The people that are left behind come for vengeance, and I can't just do it again because the same fucking thing will happen over and over and over again. So I have to make a new plan. And it's not like he has another entire lifetime to make a new plan. He's in the middle of a war. He's on a battlefield. You know, like, it is a snap decision, but, like, it had to be. Didn't But didn't the only people who came after him were the Avengers? Wouldn't then the answer just be, I'll do the same thing? but exclusively kill the Avengers? I think his thought there was, because the way he phrases it is, if you take away half the life in the universe and everyone's aware of it, then people will be so grief-struck that they will try to find any way possible to bring those people back, no matter who they are. I guess what I'm just trying to say is, like, the answer didn't immediately have to be kill everybody and start over like it, it doesn't feel like the like it doesn't feel like that's the only other answer in in his mind it is though and it makes sense because it's i think you guys are looking at the way he says it in a, in too literal a way and too physical a way he's not saying that no matter what the avengers will come back and try to stop me again he specifically says that as long as there are people who remember how things were they can't think about what things could be so his whole point is if his if his well, you didn't say it in that way, though. Like, the, the, the extrapolation of that is not that it's just that they'll come back and stop him. It's that society won't move forward in the way he wanted it to, which is what you didn't say, Phil. Um, so, like, that's, that is, I think, why he then sees the only path forward to what I want is a fresh start. Like, that's the only way. Also, Marco, like, Marco. he do the same thing and then just erase that part of their memory? Marco, Marco just wanted him to go. Man, fuck this planet. <laughs> also, yeah, like, like, I, I just want to uh, acknowledge two, two, two quick things on this subject. One is that using the Infinity Gauntlet is no easy feat. We see what it's done to him, so mm. he would have to continually, he uses it twice. yeah, right. He would have to continually use it to kind of get where you're trying to go, Marco, whereby he's like, all right, first I'm going to get rid of all the Avengers. Then I'm going to get rid of half the life. Then I'm going to do it like he would he would die, right? Like that's the implication based on where we see him at at the beginning of the movie where he has like half his face, like he has no ear or whatever. Um, that's the first thing. And then the other thing that I think is, is actually critical is that, and this doesn't go said, but I think it's it's something that you can you can pick up. He's hurt by what he's seen. He saw himself die, and he saw himself die at the hands of these people who continue to resist what he thinks is a just result, what's best for the universe. And he says, this is personal for me. And it's personal because he knows they're going to kill him. They don't want this. So if you don't want this, I'm going to force it upon you in a way that you can't resist. And I feel like that's a natural conclusion for this guy to come to when he knows that they kill him for something he thinks is right. Because remember, in his head, he's not a villain. He is good. And they are the ones who are the problem. And it's not just the Avengers specifically. It's existence. It's cr- every creature that can think, every creature that can feel, every creature that could possibly resist. That's the problem. And, like, on top of that, not only is it the the fact that he sees it that way, I think he also saw himself as being merciful for leaving half of life. And then the repayment is that they not only kill him, because he probably doesn't care if he dies, they undo his work, his life's work. 
All right. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Pete, I know you wanted to uh, go for it, so go for it. What happens next? Groot and Rocket Raccoon are reunited. <laughs> and they, yeah, they, they play Game Boy. It's fucking awesome. And then I think the credits roll. Yeah. Yeah. No uncredits. No. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, come on. Like the moment, right? We the the one that Kale called out is that moment of Cat standing against this army and like seemingly his destruction, and then just Doctor Strange. You see the magic start to pull in every character we've ever known comes into the fucking fold. That's the moment you're going to highlight? He, I didn't think that was the moment. That's what I wanted. To, oh, I want to talk oh. about oh, that. Because okay. you were saying the thing where he stands back up and he finally <laughs> gets the Avengers assemble. That moment is fucking insane. I thought you were going to talk about when he gets fucking he, yeah, nailed there. Yeah, I thought he I thought yeah, you were going to talk I, about yeah. the <laughs> No, yeah, that's, I want to talk about that too, but that's that's the, that's the fight, baby. Uh, that's so, that's well, before the portals. It. Well, you tried to cut me off the part I wanted to talk about. That was, it's whatever. I, re- I really thought you were trying to get to the hammer. I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to I talk about them in order of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fine. Cap, sorry, Pete. Cap gets the hammer. That's fine, man. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I really thought we were on the same page. Cap, get, Cap gets Mjolnir, which is a moment that for me personally, I've been waiting for since Avengers 1. And because I feel like that's something that could happen. I feel like Cap is worthy. And I've always felt that way. And I was waiting for them to do that. Avengers Age of Ultron teased it. That made me upset because I was like, no, I want to see him pick it up. Uh, and what, what in Avengers 1 would give you the impression that that would have nothing, occurred? Nothing other than the fact that I love Captain America and finally seeing them on screen together made me think, okay, well, one day Cap has to get Mjolnir because he's worthy. There was no moment in particular. It was just how I feel about Cap and how I, how I see him. Um, no, isn't there a moment where he like out, he reaches out his hand or something and it like jiggles or whatever? In, that's that's in, in Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah. They're playing a game and he like gra- goes to grab it and it kind of like jiggles. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Thor's yeah. Like, Ooh, face is really good. Oh, whoa, he's like, oh fuck. Um, but so he gets it, and that was the biggest pop for me of everything. Because that was something that I've been waiting for forever. And I thought it was so cool to see how he fought with the shield and the hammer. Yes. Busting Thanos' ass. Uh, just going completely ham. That was incredible. And Dude, when he like threw the two of them like to bounce off each other and make that yeah. sonic blast. I was like, that was so cool. And it... Did your movie theaters like start cheering and shit? Because mine, mine like blew I felt up. like I was at WrestleMania. Yeah. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. It was popping off, dude. Like I accidentally started a clap when that happened. He picked <laughs> it up. I was like, I was like, oh shit! Like I clapped my hands like once, and everybody just erupted. I was like, oh shit! Um, uh, Thor had some good moments there too. Like when he picked up Mjolnir, Thor was like, I fucking knew it without the fucking. <laughs> Um, and then when they accidentally trade hammers, Thor's like, "No, I get the bigger one." No. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. When when he goes when he goes, I knew it. I that killed me. That fucking killed me. I don't even think I was able to hear that through the, the uproar. <laughs> through the cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just everybody going. Yeah, it's so funny because it cuts him, and he's just like, "I knew it." <laughs> I, I was like in tears. I was losing my mind. Like it was just amazing. Um, but then we do get the moment that Pete was referencing. Oh, go ahead, Gail. Let me. And I, I, 
I guess I don't hate to be this guy, but you it, love to be this guy. What do you got? I did. I did enjoy the moment for sure, and the stuff Cap did with it was dope as fuck. It went on a little long for me. Oh. <laughs> Marco's the one reacting this way. Um, God, can't you just be happy? Yeah, you, dude, you know what's, you know what's so funny? I, I just want to say this real quick, Kale, before you defend your position, because it's fine. But I remember walking out of it, and I was like, if Kale shits on some of these moments, I think I have to just – like, do you – are you incapable of enjoying superheroes anymore, Kale? And I think the fact that you didn't want to see more of that, I don't even know, man. Listen, my dude, <laughs> I've tried to enjoy things so hard over the past few years. <laughs> so hard. Um, I, I don't have anything to defend it. I just, you know, it got to a point for me where I went, okay, I get it. <laughs> and, um, All right. but, um, so, okay. On to what, uh, you know, Pete was referencing the, the big climactic, um, uh, 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 I don't know. What would you call entrance. that? Huh? Entrance. It's just I like a poster. Entrance. It's literally like that moment. Yeah. Like, you know, that Marvel poster that they have where it's just every character. It was yeah. basically that. <laughs> what, um, what character did you fe- feel, I guess, the most excited to see return? Like I, I, we all knew they were coming back. Right. But what, what moment did you go? Oh, Fuck yeah. I'm so glad they were. There were a lot, man. Was, uh, for me, Black I think Panther. the number one... Sorry? It was probably Black Panther for me. I think, I think yeah. That that I feel like that was such a cool anchor of it. Yeah, like the three of them walking out was like, that was badass. Somebody in my theater, they walked out and this dude in the way back just goes, Wakanda forever! <laughs> <laughs> There was a there was a black woman sitting in front of me, and when when Black Panther and Okoye and and all them were there, she was like, "Yeah, you better represent our people." <laughs> I was like, "I feel you." Um, I think the character that I was happiest to see back was probably Spider Man, uh, with an honorable mention for Scarlet Witch because I love Scarlet Witch and I hated that yeah. she was gone. So. All right, yes, mm. but I also Accurate. genuinely adore the character. For, for a second, I forgot that Vision died. <laughs> and so I was like, why is she all mad? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody somebody like behind me, you're like, oh, that's right, Vision. I, like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. Marco just turns around, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows how well that relationship was developed. Yeah. Oh, come um, on. Good thing we're getting a Disney Plus series about it. Set in the 50s. Uh, which is so weird. Whatever. Wait, what? Yeah. Set in the 50s. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, double yeah, I, I think I would agree. I think I was most excited about Spider-Man. Obviously, he's my favorite character, but I think it was more just because, like, I felt like he had the, like, there was a moment on the other side of him coming back, you know? Like, he he had, like, you know, they had already set up the whole, like, Tony wants him to come back thing, so I was, like, waiting for that kind of payoff. Um, and they give him some good moments. Like, when he has the gauntlet, like, that was some of the most, I think, like, creative kind of, like, shots because of, like, the way that he moves is just kind of lanky, you know? And, like, when he was, like, on the on the, uh, the Pegasus and stuff was, like, ridiculous. This was Kill real. Though, though. Yo, yeah, was that, that was cool. 
Who? Kill mode. Kill. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Finally <laughs> used it. Yeah. The Iron Spider. Hell yeah. That was cool. This was a low key thing, but I just love how his his uh, his role in this fight was the opposite of his role in the Infinity War fight, whereby in Infinity War he's trying to save everyone, and in, in, in here everyone's trying to save him. They're all trying to keep him going. So like they all like throw him or Valkyrie lets him catch a ride or whatever. Like they're all trying to keep him going. Whereas in Infinity War he's trying to save everybody. Dude, I I love the part where Cap's just like yo Queens and he throws yeah the, he throws oh him. yeah he just oh, that was so great oh loved yeah. it. Um and th- and obviously yeah, was... at this point things felt very much like okay this is a victory lap. Uh, yeah. you, you know the outcome you know that they're going to win and sometimes that's okay and I think uh, here it was very much okay it was cool to see everybody come back seeing all those portals open and Doctor Strange like how powerful he is so so yeah. cool um, I, dude wait yeah. the, the, the thing you said about the victory lap I love how they actually teased like the battle was gonna fight like turn back against them when they start shooting the gun again and then they just block all of it and then the ship just gets blown up and you're just like oh fuck yeah no this is over (laughs) yeah uh which brings me to what i wanted to talk about right now which is scarlet witch and thanos's showdown which again as a big scarlet witch fan that was everything i needed seeing her unleash on him and him knowing i'm gonna die right now if i don't do something else and having the ship just start blasting people that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. i'm very very intrigued by where scarlet witch is in her mind right now like post this occurrence because she mad and like there there's it's so interesting because i feel like she's one of the characters who moving forward it's like i really just don't know where she goes next a lot of these characters have a clear path forward hers is like wide open i i have some theories but we'll save that uh, next week um <laughs> so so yeah so then captain marvel comes down she shoots the ship she starts fighting you know everybody kind of gets their licks Fucking, in with thanos yeah just Rex house. Yeah. Um, I love that he needed to use the power stone to take her out. Like that was pretty cool. Cause it established that, all right, she's not going to be the one to stop him, but she could have, if he couldn't do this right now, um, it, it gives her that, that bump without, she doesn't have to take it all, just an L, you know? Um, and then of course, you know, everybody trying to get the gauntlet from him, everybody trying to stop him. And then it's Tony, who you know ends up uh that was a little weird i i I was i don't know what was happening in my mind but i didn't exactly get what happened like he switched gloves somehow so he did was he grabbed it yeah he grabbed it and the glove just you know the suit absorbed them and threw them back on his his suit on his oh i i thought it was just some sleight of hand bullshit no, because yeah, remember no. They, they could like melt and stuff, and they could move around and yeah, onto yeah, yeah. the glove. But he just passed like, that over. Just the way, just the way Thanos just popped it off. I thought Tony did mm. the same thing. I, I oh, didn't even okay. think about his armor. I the reason, or at least the reason I I interpreted it that way is because when they actually cut to him, they're still adjusting right. on the armor, like they're moving. Yeah, into, oh, that's right. into place, and then they lock, and he gets the power. Did you guys? So I, Go ahead. I, I was just saying, I, I took it that he put that same tech in his suit in case he needed the ace in the hole. Right. 
Did you guys anticipate that it would be Tony that would use the gauntlet? Because we all, you know, figured someone would have to use it to end things. Yeah. Everybody thought it would 100%, 100%. be Tony? 100%. No, I actually thought it was going to be Steve. Okay. Marco? Uh, I honestly thought he would die in battle. I didn't think. I, I, I didn't know who I thought it would be. Yeah, I think I think I think I thought he would be the most likely one to sacrifice himself, and at that point, that made the most sense. I mean, let's be real here. Who are they gonna? Which character are they gonna fleet the most over dying? It's Tony Stark. Come on. Hmm. Well, that's the thing is, I actually didn't. I wasn't convinced he was gonna die. I was kind of thinking that it it made sense for for Cap to go. Because, I mean, like, his arc has all been about sacrifice and, like, the fact that, you know, he kind of saw himself as, like, living on borrowed time. So I thought him dying, like, a heroic death in that way, like, felt like it made sense. And I thought that they might, like, actually let Tony just kind of fade into the background and, like, you know, become, like, a more like Nick Fury, Maria Hill type figure where maybe we see him in a Spider-Man movie every once in a while or something. And, but he like generally is just out of commission. Like that's kind of what I was thinking was on the table for the two of them. Um, because there've been a lot of talk about Chris Evans and his contract and everything, not as much about Robert Downey. So like, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that anybody would go like, you know, it was kind of like, I know people will die, but the combination of who it is was kind of up in the air in my mind. I had theories for how they could write them out in multiple different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I waffled going into the movie, but once I saw that he had a kid, I knew he was dead. That that tends to be the way that goes. Um, and I always felt that Cap would need to get that last dance. Uh, just because they, they established that in first adventure um but yeah so then then iron man dies and there wasn't a dry eye in the house when that happened um that and and he gets one last his last line in this movie is the same as his last line in iron man where he says i am iron man and then and he commits genocide <laughs> i i have to say that um that moment is like a very hokey movie callback kind of moment but i liked it like i thought it felt earned like it was a like it, it was a very like star wars poetry it rhymed kind of thing and like it, it, i thought it worked you know the whole i am inevitable like and then that being his response like was pretty i thought that worked it landed for me. marco that was my eye roll moment oh was it I knew it would be. I knew it would be for you. Fair enough. I I loved it. It worked uh, for me anyway. Obviously seeing... And then I loved the fact that Pepper told him, you know, it's okay. Like, we're all all okay. Like, you did it. And that was what allowed him to pass on. Yes. That was a... I like that a lot. That was a phenomenal moment. Um, I thought it was really weird. Huh? I thought the acting was really weird in that scene. On whose part? Gwyneth Paltrow. Ah, uh, nah. no. It, it it was because she was waiting. Like she was staying strong until he passed, yep. and she he she says that he passes, and then she breaks I, down. I know that was the intent, but I don't know. It just didn't work for yeah. you. That's fine. Her whole arc um, has been about trying to get Tony 
to come down, you know, to be rooted to the ground because she obviously wanted a life with him. And he's always been running away from that in a lot of ways, um, in part because he's selfish, but also because he has this need to save the world. And we've seen that time and time again. And he's always been successful, but not ultimately successful. And this was the ultimate success. And that she's at a place now where she's ready to let him go, accepting that he accomplished his mission, um, and him being able to accept that only when she tells him that it's been done. I I thought similar, building off of that, right? Like you said, like this being kind of like... um... A, a, a natural victory point, like a place for him to be able to stop is because he was also the, you know, for all intents and purposes, like the, you know, in terms of like where these films started, right? Like he was the first hero yeah. that we met. He was the first, you know, he's the, was the leader of the Avengers. He built the organization. Like he all, he has Rhodey and Peter there by his side as well, obviously, because they're two characters who he's very connected to. But I think they're also representative of the roots that he laid, you know, and the organizations and the institutions that he created. And then, like, the people after him that he inspired that, like, there is a whole other group of people and a, and a new, like, generation and era of heroes that were born out of the ashes of, like, what he helped create, you know? So the, he dies. We have this whole, you know funeral or you know memorial or whatever the word is and uh everyone's there pretty much and it's you know uh, a pretty sad moment we already kind of talked about that uh i want to shift over to what is the real end of the movie where cap agrees to go into the past to return these infinity stones because they first of all hulk promised to bring them back but also because he has to um, he has Just the to. branches yeah so he does that but he doesn't come back and then uh sam and bucky see an old man sitting on a on a tree branch or whatever and just a, just a bench or a bench or whatever it was. I don't even know. Um, that makes sense. Sean had tears in his eyes, man. He couldn't see what it was. Oh boy. Uh, and uh, it's 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 Steve. It's, it's Steve Rogers as an old man, and they have a conversation where Cap essentially says, "I wanted to go live a life," and um, he gives Sam the shield. He gives Sam Wilson the shield, making him now Captain America. Sam, Bucky Sam seemed to him. know. Sorry? Sam asks him, too. He's like, hey, you want to talk about your life? He's like, no, that one's for me. He wanted, yeah, yeah he, I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah. That is the most controversial. This part is the most controversial part of the movie. What? What? Yep. There are That's a lot stupid. of people a- who are very, very angry about this part. Why? It's what? It's such, a, it's such a perfect ending to his arc. It's the, it's yeah. the best part of the movie. It's the it's the people who are mad that Steve and Bucky don't get to make out during the whole oh, thing. That's it's, probably true, yeah. actually. They they've they've made this relationship between Bucky and Steve a lot deeper than it is, and I'm not saying it isn't deep, but within the course of the uh, the Avengers films and the Captain America films, like. 
It's just Sam was closer to him and more recent. So it, like that, it makes sense. And, and there was a there was like a press conference. I, I guess it wasn't a press conference. I think it was like a convention situation that uh, several of the Avengers were at doing a panel. Uh, and at one point, uh, Steve or uh, I'm sorry, Chris Evans talks about Bucky or something, and the crowd goes fucking crazy because they ship Steve and Bucky so yeah. hard. Well, maybe I misled you guys a little bit. I'm not saying that the passing of the torch is the most controversial part. I'm saying that the fact that Captain America went and lived in the past. No, I yeah, know. Yeah. With, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, okay. because they're right. upset he didn't I, wind up with Bucky. I, <laughs> no. I, I didn't. So, please, what what is the controversy then? Thank you. Uh, the controversy is that he put down his shield gave up the mission went to go live a life with Peggy presumably did not interfere or change anything other than the fact that he now lived with Peggy and and, and they had a life together that he would let all of the atrocities that presumably would happen happen and not change them in any way because that's the only way that he'd be able to get to this point and still be in this timeline, people don't feel like Cap would have ever done that. They don't feel like he's the type of person who would let the mission go, who would stop, who would be able to sit idly by, knowing what would occur. Um, people had a big, big, big problem with that, and it ruined the movie for a lot of people. I think that's really a stupid complaint. I um, I could I could see it though. Uh, if ah. if you're looking at it, I I could see how comics fans would see it that way. Uh, if you're a fan of Chris Evans' Captain America, I think this is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, and that's who we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, I, like I, I don't disagree, but you know, you, yeah, you're saying you see the argument, which is fine, but it's just like I just feel like that's such a like you're projecting, you're projecting a, values of a different Captain America onto this Captain America, and not also, quite, not quite. Let me let me just throw this out there because I. Even though I don't agree with it, I do want to make the point as clearly as possible. Since there's no one else in the show who feels this way. Um, Essentially what they're saying is that Captain America, as established in these movies, is somebody who is, you know, he's the sentinel of liberty. He's not going to stand down when he sees something wrong. That's who we've seen him as the entire time. We know that this is who his character is. He's never been that person. Um, he's even He even says, you know, I can't move on. In the beginning of the movie, he says, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm telling everybody else to move on. I can't really, I can't move on. Um, he, he, he has to keep going. He has to keep the torch lit. And the idea that the same character who could have, this is what they're saying, who could have told Bucky, I'll be with you till the end of the line, I could do this all day, who has this will, this indomitable will to keep going, would relent and give into selfishness by going into the past, assuming that nothing bad will ever happen to the Avengers again, and that he'll never be needed again, and that he could just give up. Yeah, but I I think... And like you said, you don't feel that way, right? So I'm not arguing against you. I'm arguing against that line of thinking. Um, that that that's like such a that ignores 
things about the character that are also true, right? Because every movie has established that he has longed for the war to end, for him to have had an opportunity to have a real life, but he didn't have that chance, you know? Um, so when presented the opportunity after the same thing that we just talked about that Tony went through, right, of being like, hey, the world doesn't need me anymore, really, because there are all, all these other people that I trust to do this work. Um, you know, like, that. so that's one part of it. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't think it's selfish of him to be like, hey, I'm done fighting. It's not, it's not just that, but this, Steve did everything his way. A lot of Civil War is because he has to get Bucky back. Like it, that's what, that's what it comes down to for him in a lot of ways is like, I gotta get my friend. Uh, this is the one person that he's consistently loved for 80 years and he has a chance to be with her. And he just saved the entire universe from, you know, the entire universe where everyone would die. Like, I think cat lived the fight. Wait, what did he? I thought I thought if he goes back in time, it doesn't affect the future. Thank you, Marco. This is the other part of the problem. Mm. That because Cap goes back in time, he had to have changed something. It's impossible that he left no footprint at all. That, that There's no way. So if that's the case, then even just the fact that he went there, he's not, he shouldn't exist in this timeline as an old man because he didn't go he, he went back into that. our time but that creates a new future right so right. how is that possible the the movie breaks the logic in another way that i thought was interesting and i wanted to bring this up um is that so they bring everybody back right and they're all brought back from when they were lost right that's the understanding so for them no time has passed but five years have gone by. Why are none of Peter's classmates older? Because they all got dusted. Yeah. I think most of them did. Yeah, yeah anyone... I guess, except Genki didn't. He did. Because he didn't know... He definitely he did. did. He, because he's still in high school. He, so, listen, this is the reality. Either he got dusted or he got held back five years straight. <laughs> <laughs> we canceled high school for five years. It was a really tough time for everybody. But the the way he acts toward Peter made me think that he was one of the people who missed Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Why? I also thought that, but, like, listen, man. It's the simple fact is... He would not be in high school if he wasn't dusted. <laughs> I mean, f- fine, but like that's that's what I saw in the in the film. But but yeah, it's it's weird how they play it. But consider the fact that even if even if even if he did get dusted, and for him he saw Peter recently, still the last time he saw Peter, he was going to fight aliens, and in everybody space, that's died. True. So he, so he would still be like, oh my god, my best friend is here, not dead. I had no way of knowing where he was at because they didn't die in the same place. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. All right, that closes that loop. But with, with Cap, the Cap thing is still, it's yeah. very questionable how he's there. The easiest solution is to say he used the pin Particles to do that. 
But again, if that were the case, he's why would he? Okay, so he used the pin particles to leave the reality he was in to come to this one to give Sam a shield and die. Also, I think how would he do that if he doesn't have the the machine? I also yeah. I also think you could make a case about the time stone because V's taking all the time the the stones back to where they go right uh you know we know that the ancient one knew about mark ruffalo and uh dr strange in the future (laughs) wait so she might have i like i really like the idea of her being aware of the actors playing the characters (laughs) that's how fucking smart hello mark whoa whoa, wait what I mean, that's who else was she talking to? Right. Who did she knock she, out of the Hulk? Oh shit! She knocked Mark Ruffalo out of the Hulk. <laughs> God, Phil, use your brain. Let's get to it. Let's wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it, it stands like I think you'd make the case that you know if the last one he delivers is the Time Stone, and the Ancient One's like, oh shit, cool, thanks. And he's like, hey, listen, I I have one thing. Can like, and I just like saved the whole universe. Can you just can you like give me this one thing? And she's like, Yeah, all right. Um, well, what's the I, one I, thing? Or he to, to let go him back. go and give the shield. Or he or he could have just gone to Doctor Strange's crib like as an old man and been like, Yo, what's up, Doc? Like, send me here now so I can do this. But that's a lot of we're doing a lot of explaining I, for a scene think, that is supposed to just make I sense. I think it's as simple as this. I think you know he went back in time. After, he, Put all the stones back where he had to, and then he, you know, chose his moment, which was like the late forties, fifties. Lived his life while the, another cap was in ice, and all the things happened. Yeah, and he just waited till this moment because he knew it was coming, and he went. That shouldn't be possible. I think that's based what on the movies. Based on the movies own logic that shouldn't be possible but it is what happened and that's where we have to leave it uh, um, i thought I, it was I, the only way this yeah. go ahead yeah i, yeah. I was gonna echo your sentiment I, I think it's the only way the movie could have ended uh they did have to do a little bit of you know mental leaping to get us to that point but it was worth it and i'm not going to complain about something that pays off at the whole mcu from captain america's perspective i think that if comic books were allowed to end and characters were allowed to just go off into the sunset and never be seen again. This is how Cap's story should end. And it's completely in line with everything that has been done with this character from day one in the movies. And the Russos are the people who have been handling this character since we're a soldier. So I think that they get it. Well, and they I wrote think First that Avenger, they did a too. Great job. Did they? Yeah, they were the writers of that movie. Oh, okay, cool. So there you go. So they've handled literally... Cap's whole career, essentially. And you know what? We've seen a lot of last stories in, in, for characters in comics. That's a pretty common thing. Superman, Batman, Silver Surfer. A lot of the characters have had that. Well, what if this was the last story? And that's this for Cap and him slow dancing to Kitty Callan, uh with a, with with his now wife uh, to close out this 22 films. I, I, I don't think there's a better way to end it. It was perfect. Here's my question: Did he have a son or daughter, and do we see them in the future? And then he oh, dates, hey, guess who? Go ahead, they, do it. They they date Bucky. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say the other the other weird thing, which is that uh, Sharon Carter, yeah, 
is oh shit now maybe his daughter yeah or something yeah that's weird it's it's that Futurama moment where Fry is his own grandfather yeah (laughs) fuck That's creepy, huh? I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> but he didn't... Did they ever actually do it? Did, did, it's. I mean, it's implied, I, I think. like. Uh, okay, shit. That's gross. <laughs> and, they, and, then, and then they date Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, closing thoughts. The movie didn't have a... A uh, mid mid or after credits scene, I thought that was appropriate. Um, those of us who said that there would be no X Men or uh, Fantastic Four teaser were correct, and I really love that they were restrained on that. Did you guys sit and wait until the end and wait and see? I nope. I googled it beforehand. I knew that there wouldn't be one, but I stayed anyways, and I'm glad that I did because at the very very end, they played the Clang of Metal. From Iron Man One, where Tony Stark is first building the Iron Man suit, and now now we're getting fan theories that that little kid from Iron Man Three is building his own Iron Man suit. He should. That would be awesome. Continue be the awesome. legacy. Yeah, that is straight out of the books. It is straight out of the books. You're right, but, but it was so it's a corny fan theory. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. That was that was cool though. I, I um I, I also had read online that there was like that there was no after credit team, but I was like, I don't believe that at all. And when they started playing that sound, I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, never mind. I That's completely cool. missed that sound. I stayed through the whole thing, but I, I just missed it. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure what it was at first, actually. Like until Sean pointed that out right now, I didn't know that that's what it was. Well, I think um, it was that's a cool callback. I think it was actually uh, Wolverine's claws coming out, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, did they credit uh, the comic book people in yours? I I, I was talking, and you know, yeah, I don't really. I yeah, I the only one I saw was Stanley and Jack Kirby, but I, I have seen a lot of creators say that they were pumped that they got credited but i i think um i think i remember seeing this for one of the other films i wasn't really paying attention to this one um but i know like they they do the base on characters by stanley and jack kirby but then i think they have a thing at the end where they're like bit like special you know, thanks they, they, then, yeah special thanks there. or yeah they usually do yeah that. and it's everybody um sean because they're I was talking with my friend, and there was a person in the back of the theater that uh, yelled Bebe, and I was like, what the fuck? And I turned, and one of the people that made the movie was named Adam Cole. <laughs> oh, that's goofy. Yeah, and that really so, threw me off. <laughs> that's it uh, for our review of the movie. We managed to come in just shy of the movie's actual length. Woo! <laughs> so, we did it, boys. Um... We'll be talking about this movie a lot. I'm sure that we could say more things. It's a very long movie. A lot of things happen. I feel like I need to see it at least one more time. I know I'll see it more than that, but I need to digest it and see it with less passion. Um, Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the ride. It's been 22 movies, 11 long years. We're all different people than we were when this whole thing started. And a chapter of our lives is closing. But as this movie made clear we have to move on there is more to come life goes on and there will be more marvel movies so 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation about it. If you want to contribute to the conversation or let us know how you're feeling about Avengers Endgame, you can do so by writing to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can leave us a like on your platform of choice as far as podcast platforms go and drop us a comment there as well. Or catch us wherever your social media is sold at the Comics Pals. We appreciate all your support on all of those platforms and uh, keep it coming. Let's do some plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Comics Pals. If you want to find me to talk to me about your favorite scenes from Endgame or what you're thinking is next for some of these characters, I'm eager to talk about it. Uh, So you can hit me up at loud underscore Pete on Twitter or Instagram and uh, come let me know what you're thinking. And uh, if you want to get some more content from me, as always, you can catch uh, my video game work over at LootPots.com. I have been radio silent over there for quite some time as I've been moving to the great city of Philadelphia. Uh, but now that I'm hell settling yeah. in and setting up my studio, yeah, hell yeah, brother. Um, I'm uh, ready to get back to work and uh, develop some new projects uh, for us here. So um, more to come from me soon. Awesome. Kale. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work uh, on KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. That includes the podcast I do with my wife, Gone Global. Um, It's dope. Check it out. Awesome. Marco. You can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Pete, let me know if you see Shazam. That'd be dope. Uh, And also... Oh. For for anybody who is interested in comics poetry, it's something I've been trying to like read up on and figure out. So if anybody has anything they would like to share and or just like send me like a reading list, please engage with me. Nice, Phil. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Cyborg Bebop. Uh, go check out my new movie I'm making. Uh, it's called X Men Dark Phoenix. I have a feeling it's gonna be really good. Uh, let me know what you think. Future of the franchise looks bright. <laughs> yeah, I actually, and it's funny you mentioned that. We have a lot of movie planned. Uh, I don't think anything will derail that. As- Choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> Astro train, bitch. As for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about whatever you want and. I want to say that I am a very, very proud comic book fan and never in life has there been a better time than now to be a comic book fan. So thanks to Marvel, thanks to Disney, thanks to everybody who was a part of this movie. And with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Yeah, it was chill. I don't like that the finger snap got rid of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. The best to follow. <laughs>